I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. Welcome to another episode of Agents of Shield Cast. I am Colonel Chaos, aka Chipsella, and joining me tonight we have the one, the only, the amazing, the avenging Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You know, um, I was uh, playing Crackdown this week. Mm-hmm, me too. And all of a sudden... I was just getting deja vu every time uh, the guy yelled agent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Is this where I got that from? <laughs> Subconsciously? So. But, yeah, yeah, I played uh, I played about probably six, seven, maybe eight hours of Crackdown uh, Friday. Yes, I saw that. Like, I think you've played the most out of any of... Anyone on my friends list <laughs> so far? Well, I was off Friday. Mm, right. And I, um, we, we have tomorrow off. Work was at a point where I was like, you know what? I could use a break. I could use a nice four-day. Because uh, the last time I had a long weekend was the weekend my furnace crapped out and uh, mm. the pipes burst. So that was not a very uh, relaxing weekend. So I was like, mm. so I, I just kind of, I was, I thought I, <laughs> I got up Friday morning. I bought tickets to a concert that I thought I was going to that night. No, it's in three weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, this is what happens when I buy tickets before I have coffee. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I ended up. Uh, not really having much to do on Friday, and I said, well, let me give this a try, and I think I played six hours in the morning, and then I played probably another uh, two or three hours that night. Thanks. And kind of the plan for tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, but, so yes, uh, lots of crackdown. Um, what have you been up to? Um, pretty much about the same. Um, I'm I'm on holiday from work this week, so been playing some Crackdown, some uh, Kingdom Hearts as well. I am dying to get to that game. I really am. I just saw a commercial <laughs> on TV. You know, I have the special edition bo- box, and technically, that's a you know, uh, not that Marvel's in this one, but it is a Disney game. Um, mm-hmm, it certainly is. 
But um, I've been I've been playing Far Cry Five, and honestly, I I figure I'd play Crackdown, say say meh, and uh, be done with it, and go back to Far Cry. No, no, no. no. I, I actually got to finish no. Crackdown now. Yeah, uh, it's it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and we're we won't go into much here, but uh, if you want. You're more than welcome to come on uh, Tuesday night on the B team because I'm sure we'll be having a bit of a roundtable. Yeah, very possibly. We'll, so. we'll see. Um, if if you do like for the listeners though, if you do like superhero games, like that's a that's one superhero game <laughs> that you should play. And it's on Game Pass, so yes, uh, best deal on Xbox if you don't own it or haven't bought it yet is Game Pass kind of think of it as the netflix for your xbox that's the best way i describe it it's uh there's a hundred plus games on there and they rotate things in and out a little bit but all the xbox or microsoft published games are supposed to be there probably forever um and they are there day one so it's 10 bucks a month if you look around you can probably find a deal on a six month uh membership and uh, you, it gives you an automatic library of 100 games. And I, w- I, w- I was not somebody that thought I would ever get into it, but I said, you know, well, I, I hit a deal. Um, I think I got, I got two uh, passes. I think it was around E3 for uh, mm. uh, two six-month passes for 30 bucks each. So I got a year for uh, 60 bucks, And... Uh, I, it's something that I, you know, I, you really don't have to buy games anymore. Other, you know, I mean, nope. the, the, on Xbox, <laughs> occasionally, you know, something like Kingdom Hearts, but um, and when, when games like Crackdown are available there day one, and if you're into racing games, Forza was there day one as well. Um, it's something uh, you, if you own an Xbox, you definitely should uh, at least try it. If not, just outright get a uh, game pass membership um so all right i i did go see a movie this week oh yeah you went to see uh, alita was it yeah i saw alita battle angel Mm -hmm. um which it you know since it's a fox movie that means she is now a disney princess (laughs) yeah okay so um this is a movie that um, I saw the panel at uh, New York Comic Con this year, and the only reason mm-hmm. I really went to the panel was because they uh, doubled it up with X Men Dark Phoenix. Okay. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a manga thing. It's a manga movie. Who cares? Um, James Cameron is the producer. Robert Rodriguez is the director and kind of ran the whole thing. And when we saw it at uh, New York Comic Con, both my wife and I were impressed with the effects enough that I said, yeah, we'll have to check this out when it comes out. So uh, I've never read Alita Battle Angel manga. Um, still haven't. Never planned to. <laughs> um, but the movie, first of all, is a visual feast. It is absolutely mm. fucking amazing. Uh, the graphics, the action. Um, 
I know you have a young daughter. I think it would be safe to take her there. It's really just robot dismemberment. Okay. I mean, it's violent, but it's robot on robot violence for the most part. Mm. Um, think of it like Pinocchio with swords, you know? Um, okay. It, uh, I thought it was absolutely spectacular. Um, I'm not, I don't go to movies to overthink things or deter, you know, discuss the significance of this, that, or the other thing. I don't, like I said, I have zero background, um, in, in the character or its lore, but, uh, if you get a chance, you know, this is basically, he took his avatar tech and turned it up to 11, um, this is worth seeing on the big screen, and I I thought it was a very enjoyable two hours. Nice. I'd, I'd go see this again in the theater, and I will get it on 4K. <laughs> so I did that, and then, yeah, today, uh, it just, you know, well, uh, prepped for today's show, which took a long time, as you know. Uh, yep, because <laughs> it's a long ass fucking movie, and uh, kind of. So, so we were discussing this at dinner. Where does what uh, what nationality is Bangers and Mash? Um, I would say that that is English, English or British, British, British anyway. Or we weren't sure if it was Irish, Scottish, or British. So you're saying Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say it's British. Um, you definitely get it up here, but it's mm-hmm. more of a an English thing. Was that was that what you had? <laughs> well, you're you're my friend on Facebook, and as you know, I uh, do uh, cooking videos over there. Mm-hmm. And once I move, there will be an announcement, and I got plans afoot, but uh, I have to get to my new forever home first. Um, but uh, I, I I did beggars and mashed potato pancakes. Nice. <laughs> so um, you know I I did the ba- the bangers on the griddle. I uh, sautéed some onions on the griddle, and then I made uh, cheddar mashed potato pancakes and did those on the griddle, and threw a little more cheddar on top of them, and then uh, you know just. Laid the uh, sautéed onions on top of the pancake and the banger on top of that, and then threw some gra- some brown gravy on top. And they were phenomenal. Nice. <laughs> so, but, so, all right. Uh, we got some news. Yeah, a couple of bits and pieces. So, where do we want to start? Um, I've got one here from uh, from Mar- Marvel.com. Okay. And uh, so this is uh, basically Marvel are making new shows <laughs> on Hulu. Oh, yes, that's right. You and I haven't talked about this since this. Bro. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> so they're sort of doing what Netflix did, but in cartoon form. <laughs> so they're... They're doing four TV shows, and then there's going to be some sort of team-up show called Marvel's The Offenders. Yeah, so now they're just they're just taking a shot at Netflix. 
Yeah, kind of, kind of are. Um, so this is going to include uh, Marvel's MODOK, which that in and of itself is pretty exciting. They're doing a bloody MODOK cartoon. <laughs> um, Marvel's Hitmonkey, Marvel's Tigra and Dazzler, and then Marvel's Howard the Duck. <laughs> I don't know if it's Christmas or the first sign of the, the first uh, seal of the apocalypse. <laughs> Yes, I, I was like, I saw this, and I, uh, I want to say, I think James Warren and maybe a couple other people uh, saw this and uh, tagged me on post for it, and thank, thank you, everybody. It made my evening. Um, I, I, got, I can go a little deeper on this stuff if you want. Yeah, um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention about this is that... Um, Patton Oswalt is involved in the Modoc TV show, and he's writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeff Loeb's obviously involved in all of them as uh, executive producer. Um, Howard the Duck is cool though because it's been written by Kevin Smith or co-written by Kevin Smith. Yep. And, uh, and that, I, I love Kevin Smith, so I like. I'm not particularly excited for a Howard the Duck TV show, but a Howard the Duck TV show written by Kevin Smith. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> I'd be. So I, I'd be psyched for a Howard the Duck TV show, but live action. Um, but yes, I think, uh, you know, they're going the adult swim uh, route with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, these aren't going to be cartoons you really want your children to watch. I have a feeling there will be uh, adult language. Um, okay. The the other... Uh, the other... What, what, I don't recognize Josh Gordon or William Speck, uh, who are the writers of uh, Hip Monkey. Nor do I really recognize Hip Monkey. Um, no, me neither. <laughs> but uh, Tigra and Dazzler are being written by Erica R- R- Rivenoja, which I don't know her. But Chelsea Handler is going to... Okay. Uh, who's that? Ch- Chelsea Handler is... A talk show host slash comedian. Um, you know she she does she does stand up comedy, um, so it it's in good hands. Uh, we actually I think it, I think it was uh, we uh, my wife and I aren't big on going to uh, out for New Year's Eve for dinners you know for mm. where they just jack up the price. Fifty dollars and all that stuff. Um, we tend to go to concerts, or a few years we went to a couple comedy sh- things. I think we saw. Ch- I know we saw Chelsea Handler, and I th- want to say it was uh, the New Year's Eve show we went to. Thanks. So, uh, there, you know, they have good pedigrees. Now, I'm not a big fan of Modoc. I'm not. A, I don't even know much or anything about uh hip monkey tiger and dazzler that's an interesting combo um it's a weird combo because dazzler's like one of the x-men <laughs> and tiger has really been associated with the avengers so that's a really weird combo for for me um and i don't re- remember them ever showing up together in the comics and i have actually read and i do own a couple of dazzler comics so i don't I don't know <laughs> where that team up comes from. Um, I actually like really like both those characters though. Like uh, Tiger was 
big involved with uh, Hank Pym at one point. Okay. Like she was uh, dating him as far as I can remember uh, during the time of the like secret invasion and siege and all, and all that sort of stuff. She she was dating him. So when uh, Jan was missing somewhere. Hey, Hank Pym gets around. He does, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he was banging Jessica Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I do, I do like both of those characters, so that's the show that immediately sticks out to me as the, the one that would be most uh, most interesting to me. Uh, until I found out that uh, Kevin Smith was doing Howl the Duck. And then, okay, like that show is the number one to watch out of this, one, out of this lot. Yeah. Um... No, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they do. Um, uh, I actually have not only the first appearance of Dazzler, but Dazzler number one. <laughs> so that what I was uh, I'm after uh, like I said, some of the boxes got wet. I've been uh, reboxing uh, the the boxes that uh, got damp. The mm. comics inside were fine, and I was going through. Uh, and one of the boxes I uh, reboxed what it turned out to be all my X Men. Thanks. So I was, you know, I was seeing, you know, the first appearance of Alpha Flight and uh, first Phoenix and all, all you know, Dazzler and first Kitty Pride. Mm. So be interesting, which definitely means that we will be getting. Probably Tigra, Hip Monkey, and Modok and Puzzle Quest at some point. Yeah, the, the usual. So, um, TV show tie-ins. Yeah, they've been pretty good. We just got um, Emperor Doom as a five star. Hmm. Oh, and nice. this week was Magic. So okay. Um, in fact, I just got a cover for her today. Um, the other thing that Hulu, and I don't know if it's just Hulu and Marvel trolling Netflix now, but they're willing to take over uh, uh, the Netflix shows. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I'd be interested to see if that actually happens. Well, you're the one who found the article that there's a two-year moratorium before they can... Um, bring them over we don't exactly yep. know what is meant by the what what when does the two years start uh when the show airs when they dump it mm. when the contract is over which is actually another year when when exactly do uh the rights revert back to um marvel is unclear but yes i think any uh any chance to bring any of these shows back would be fantastic. Mm, that, yep. remi- that reminds me. Um, yeah, we. Well, oh, well, let's finish news, and then uh, I got a couple other things to mention. Couple shows. Okay. Um, I think this might be old news, but supposedly Brie Larson has a seven uh, movie deal with Marvel. You know, I think that was new news. Um, that that doesn't surprise me that much that they're tying the new people into these big long contracts, mm-hmm. um, because I think 
Marvel realizes that they kind of mucked up a little bit when they initially uh, hired people like Robert Downey Jr. and that back uh, back for the first movies, and they didn't tie them into like those like long picture deals, and they had to then go and extend them later on. And uh, I think that when after the movies became successful, those people had uh, more uh, negotiating power, so they were able to get higher contracts. So if you look at somebody like Brie Larson, if they can lock her in now before she gets mega famous, like say she, say she does Captain Marvel, it's a hit, then goes on and does some Oscar winning movie in a couple of years time, then you're looking at paying probably double, mm-hmm. triple the price for her for the next movie, so they're smart to lock her in now. It's good good business sense. But yeah, it's, it also, uh, I also like it because it means that these characters are not just going to be one and dones. They're in it for the long haul. Um, and it look, look, obviously looks like like Cap and Iron Man and that are kind of on their way out at this point. So getting some new blood in and getting them established and keeping their franchises running is going to be key to uh, keep, keeping the universe going as a whole for years and years and years to come. Well, yeah. and I mean, at some point... You know, I mean, we ha- we've had an 11-year run with these characters now. Yep. How, how far were, did you think, uh, I mean, we we knew eventually um, Helmsworth, Evans, and Downey would have to leave. Yep. I just don't want it to be so soon. I want them to do another 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and after watching Avengers today, it was like, wow. Mm. That yeah. that really is an amazing movie, which we're going to... Yes. Which we are about... We are going to spoil tonight, so... Uh, but we will warn you if you haven't seen it yet. But you've had a goddamn year. 11 or 10 mm-hmm. months. Come on. Yep. <laughs> I, I, you know, we... We did, were very good about not spoiling the movie, um, but tonight's the night. Um, all right. Uh, any other news? Um, I think you did post something else in there. Did I? I thought I did too, but I didn't see it. Yeah, no, that was the only. That was the only two. All right. All right, and then yes, the Hulu thing. Yeah. So, um, before we uh, just just to go off Marvel for a minute, but uh, keep it in the superhero realm uh, or comic book realm, if you want. Uh, two shows, uh, two superhero shows premiered this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC Universe uh, dropped the first episode of the Doom Patrol, and okay. Netflix dropped um, the Umbrella Academy. Mm. Um, I actually last weekend read uh, the first uh, trade paperback uh, storyline for the Umbrella Academy, just so I kind of knew what I was getting into, because Mm. what they showed at Comic-Con was uh, brief and vague, um, but sounded interesting. Uh... I would kind of want to say it's a mashup of the original X-Men 
and The Watchmen. Okay. Uh, you know, if Charles Xavier was a real bastard, um, mm. and you know how, how these people probably wouldn't have stayed together and uh, gone off and had their own lives. Mm. But you know, obviously, growing up together and being a quote-unquote family, uh, they they tend to get together from time to time as families do. Um, and when they do, all hell breaks loose. And I think that's <laughs> kind of, uh, it, the storyline th- that, uh, is the first six issues of the comic book. And I haven't read the second, uh, set of books and the third storyline is just out now. Um, but the, the television show veers somewhat from from uh, the comic book, and okay. and the storyline that is in, and I think we've seen three or four, maybe five episodes so far. Um, if it's going to where the first storyline goes, it ain't there yet. Mm. But uh, a lot of a lot, you know. So th- there's a lot of similar similarities to the comic, but they do not follow the com- comic book as gospel. Um, mm. It's an interest. It, it's a. It's weird. It's interesting. Um, it, I can't say I loved the comic. So. Um, And I kind of, I but I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of enjoying the television show a little more than the comic. Okay. Uh, and just a bit of trivia: it's written by, it was written by Gerard Way, who is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. So. And uh, the comic, the first comic, is about ten years old right now. So the first series came out, I think, in 2008-2009. But if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, there you go. Nice. The other uh, show that premiered this week, and I know you've watched Titans, so you got to see the backdoor pilot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was the Doom Patrol. Um, I was never a fan of the Doom Patrol. I kind of liked the original Doom Patrol, but uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, whenever they did the Vertigo thing, uh, they brought the Doom Patrol back as a Vertigo title. And a lot of the Vertigo stuff, just I never got into. I like Swamp Thing. I think I gave Sandman, uh, you know, I read a bunch of Sandman, but just never really got into it. Uh, Animal Man... Uh, was a bit on the weird side as well. And there was the Doom Patrol, um, which, like I said, I read some of it, just never really got it, got into that line of comics at all. Um, this definitely takes a lot from the Vertigo 
uh, Doom Patrol. I think it's bringing in some of the original. And I can't say I read a ton of the original Doom Patrol when it was mainstream DC as well. Um, mm-hmm. I read some of it. I, you know, they certainly would show up from time to time uh, uh, with the Titans and uh, Justice League and what have you. Um, and I believe they had one or two mainstream series in the 80s. Um, the first episode is really... it. There's plot, but there's not much plot. It's more of uh, introducing and giving the origins of most of the characters and how they got to be the way they are. And they do a decent job of it. And overall, I found it entertaining. Um, there, uh, There's more sex in the first episode uh, than the entire run of Titans. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a little bit more nudity. Uh, whether or not that's going to continue, I don't know. Uh, this this story, this part of the story called for it. But it's kind of like Jessica Jones. If you watch the first episode of Jessica Jones and you thought it was going to be superhero fuck fest, um, <laughs> you're you were probably disappointed because after the first second episode, uh, there. There wasn't uh, much in the way of uh, sex or nudity in Jessica Jones. Um, mm. the, the Doom Patrol that they are using for the series, um, and they haven't introduced the enti- entire... Uh, all the characters have not uh, joined up yet. Um, but they are going with the... the traditional ones the chief niles calder robot man clint Steele, uh elastigirl rita farr and mr negative i can't okay. i i think he's played by matt bomer and uh i can't remember his real name and crazy jane who is definitely a vertigo uh era member of the, uh, of the doom patrol now there's since they're showing it in uh promo fo- uh pictures uh cyborg is also going to join which is interesting hmm. so obviously this does not take place in the dc cin- cinematic universe um and It's ironic because in Titans, we you know we met Changelings, aka Beast Boy. Um, Beast Boy was an original member of the Doom Patrol. That's where he was first introduced. That's where he started, and then he came over to Titans when uh, with uh, issue one of the New Teen Titans in the early eighties. And, you know, he, but, you know, there were reunion things. And in, uh, even in the TV show, we see him go back to, uh, Doom Manor, which is what they call it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so you're taking a character that got his start in Doom Patrol and putting him in Titans. And then you're taking a character, character, Cyborg, 
who was a founding member of the new new Teen Titans, and putting him in Doom Patrol. Mm, yeah. So, but uh, you know, uh, I I think I think DC uh, is doing a great job with these shows. Um, they are taking the shit, you know, Marvel's AKA Disney, um, is keeping everything for the most part, PG 13, maybe slightly into the R neighborhood. Um, especially with the language and I don't think there's been any nudity in any of the Marvel shows. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe you saw Luke's ass. Yeah, no, no actual proper nudity though. So, um, but other than that, DC, um, you're not getting full frontal, but you're get you're getting some tits, you're getting some ass, and you're getting hmm. some uh, sex scenes, and hmm. they drop f bombs all over the fucking place. <laughs> so, um, and 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 they showed that in the even in the teaser trailer for for titans because when the bad guys goes where where's batman and uh robin beats the crap out of all of them he ends it with fuck batman yep so uh, (laughs) it's an awesome scene that it is (laughs) (laughs) but so dc has taken is basically letting them run wild and do what they want um where marvel or, and or uh, DC or, or Disney uh, seem to have a little more of a tighter reign of that stuff. Does it make for a better show? You know, I, I don't know. Hearing people swear to me is a very natural thing. Obviously, uh, that is a four letter words make up a large portion of my vocabulary. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's, it's when you start doing, you know, the bogus edits like frack or things like that, that, uh, I, uh, just kind of make me ro- roll my eyes because it's like, look, let them tap because, because it takes me out of the show. But, um, I, I, I thought the first episode of Doom Patrol, uh, was really good. So if you get a chance, DC Universe uh, over here in the U.S. Um, you can, if you buy it now, you can watch all 11, 12 episodes of Titans, uh, and then the and uh, the fir- the third or fourth season of uh, Young Justice because that's available. Those are all out now, and then uh, the Doom Patrol will drop weekly. Uh, for me, it, it's seven, eight bucks a month. Um, that's worth it for me. You know, I, I get at least one new mm. new new show a week, so that's four episodes a a month. So I'm paying, uh, you know, what a dollar seventy five an episode. I can deal with that. Yeah, if if you are in the UK, it's a bit different. Right, um, DC Universe has not come to the UK, even though they send me emails every week telling me <laughs> about the app. <laughs> and they say, oh, DC Universe, why don't you subscribe now? 
and then I go, oh, it must be live, and I click on it, and it's like not available in your in your uh, region. Like, okay, and every time I see that, I send them an email saying this is not available in my region. <laughs> like, stop sending me emails about it, because um, I would happily subscribe to it because I think it is definitely good value for money, and um, because you get obviously access to what is it like a thousand comics as well. Um, I haven't looked recently. Something like that. <coughs> I haven't looked recently, but they I think they have upped it and uh, they have um, they also make stuff available for short periods of mm. time. Like if you wanted to read Identity Crisis, you could get uh, all you know uh, the full run for a week or two before it disappears. They have the DC yeah. Book Club or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think I would I would really enjoy having access to that, like to read a bit more about the characters that I'm watching in the TV show. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but yeah, it just it's not available over here. Obviously, we like we have uh, Marvel Unlimited, so anything we want to read from the Marvel universe, we can go and we can go and dig more into. But I'd love to be able to do the same for DC, and it's just not a thing that's available over here, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, as uh, Titans is on Netflix. However, it didn't come out until after the show had completely finished, and they just dropped the whole season at once. Maybe, I think it was about a week or two after the season had finished. So I imagine they'll do the same with uh, with this one. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I I can understand that. Now, um, there's two things. Going off on a tangent, this show's going to be fucking long. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, there's two things. First of all, I, I'm not sure it will ever come to you guys. Okay. And here's why: uh, the service is tanking over here. Right. You know, um, it's the, the number of subscribers uh, never hit the numbers they thought it would, and it's dropping. Mm. But two, there's two buts. We got we got two Kardashians here, two okay. huge butts. Um, we, but um, they are making money hand over fist with the the foreign region licensing agreements on the shows. Okay, so uh, that would uh, keep the series a lot. You know, well, should help keep the series alive. Um. The other butt, so we've done Kim, now we'll do, uh, I don't know, what's the other one, Courtney? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, is WB announced a streaming service that's coming, I think, at the end of the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. WB being Warner Brothers. Warner yep. Brothers owns the CW, which all the DC shows are, yes, almost all the DC shows are on. And... Uh, also and also is the parent company the parent company of DC Comics. Mm-hmm. So, if this service fails, or uh, you know, I, I I could see them just folding the DC Universe service into the Warner Brothers streaming service. Maybe you pay an extra dollar or two, and maybe they go. Uh, Marvel Unlimited, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
but if you know so if they finally if they fi- realize that they did what the way they did DC Universe my wife and I were actually talking about it on Valentine uh, on Valentine's Day at dinner um <laughs> uh just be you know they made a couple of missteps with with the way they rolled out the service and can they recover um you know the biggest problem is content so they have uh, well when, when they first aired or first launched they did not have any of their new series available at launch it took about a month before the first episode of titans premiered I don't think that's horrible, but I, I mean, you you really want to come out with guns blazing, might have been a misstep. Uh, the fact, and then um, the fact that you don't have the CW shows, but that might have might have something to do with the Netflix uh, license, which expires at the end of the year. So now you could put all your CW shows over there, maybe. Um, and but uh, you know, it was basically old television shows from the seventies through the early two thousands. Uh, some of the movies, some of the animated movies, uh, and a badly curated selection of comics okay (laughs) so i you know as somebody who is a quote-unquote uh founding member of the service um when i first when i when the first went up i was like okay interesting interesting but not i didn't i didn't watch a goddamn thing i think i watched one of their dc uh their dc news uh show that they have every day or every mm. three or three times a week. Uh, I watched that. It was all right. That's, that was somewhat interesting, but it's not something I'm going to watch every day. Um, mm. So, you know, it was, they made a couple missteps. It's still only one new episode of something each week. Is that enough in, uh, the days of Amazon Prime, Hulu, and uh, Netflix. Mm, yeah, probably not. You know, I mean, even you know Disney. I would expect what two, three series maybe premiering when the sh- uh, when the network uh, first shows up, and maybe. I, you know how how often are they going to drop new shows? Are they going to dro- are they going to mm, do the Netflix yeah. model and drop all the episodes at once, or are they going to spoon feed us? So probably spoon feed. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you don't have enough new content. You're just getting yeah. up in uh, in production, and I'm going to give DC that same uh, latitude. That you know, a they they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have uh, the production. Co- they sort of have the production companies available, but uh, it's something that they have to build. Mm, yeah. 
Netflix has been at it now for, what, five years. They're coming out with new shows, what, at least two, three, four, maybe five a month? Yeah, they, they pretty much try to do something for everybody. And yeah. They're not all big smash hits, but there's always something that comes. It's not always a show, sometimes they do a movie. True. So, but they, they've just had a lot longer to... Uh, They've been in the game a little longer. So give DC a little time, and yeah. we're going to have to give Disney the time as well. All right. I uh, think we need to probably get into... This is the point that if you have not seen Avengers uh, Infinity War, we'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs> I didn't say next week because who knows. <laughs> but... Um, because at this point, we are going to start talking Avengers Infinity War. Yes. So, I I saw it for my third time today. And there, were, I thought I had seen the entire movie finally after the first two viewings. There were whole sections I had not, not seen until today. <laughs> so... Yeah, it jumps around a lot in mm-hmm. this movie. It's very, uh, I, I would say globe-trotting, but it's more kind of universe-trotting, <laughs> where they go uh, all over the place. Um, but, but yeah, I think this this is the fourth time I've seen it now. And uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, anyway, so uh, Infinity War kicks off basically right in the aftermath of Thor Ragnarok that we spoke about on the last episode, where the... Obviously, we saw in the end credit scene the good ship Asgard, which had the survivors from Asgard on it, just happened to come across this giant ship, which we didn't get any further explanation about it. Um, but it turns out that that ship is actually Thanos's ship, um, and basically Thanos attacks the Asgardian ship. I don't know if he planned to go and attack them or if he just happened to come across them and thought, oh, I'll just kill these people while they're here. It's kind of unclear, but yeah, the the uh, Asgard ship is largely decimated by by Thanos' ship. Um, so yeah, many of the people on the ship are dead or close to death, and it's later revealed that it's half. It looks like way more than half of the people are killed, like because I didn't see any like groups of people alive there mm-hmm. at all. Like there's just dead bodies everywhere and dying people. There's very few left alive. But yeah, Thanos and his uh, and his cronies have left Loki alive. And if you see these guys that are with him, like they never mention their names in in this, do they? You mean his uh, brood or whatever they are? Yeah, I think they call them the children of Thanos. Thanos yeah, but like they they never ever like call them like call them by their actual names cuz these characters all have names yep and they never call them by them <laughs> like okay <laughs> i couldn't tell you which one is which or what their what any of their names are cuz like say they never ever tell, tell us their names i think i know their na- i know their names from puzzle quest their support characters <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> But yeah, so Thanos and his uh, and his brood have uh, have they've left Loki alive, obviously because Thanos knows Loki from Avengers One. It was him that mm-hmm. uh, 
sent Loki to Earth, essentially. Um, and we see that Thanos already has one of the Infinity Stones, which is the purple one, which he got from... Uh, it would have been from the Nova Corp. Because if you remember, we saw that stone in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, mm-hmm. and they left the stone with the Nova Corps on... Xandar. On Xandar, that's it, yeah. I was going to say on Nova, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. So presumably he's already been there and wrecked that place to get that stone. So he's already pretty powerful, even at this point. And he kind of picks up Thor and basically threatens Loki with... Uh, killing Thor if he doesn't give him the Tesseract. And he uses the he uses the stone on Thor's head. Now this is the power stone, I think. Yes. If I'm correct, yeah. Yeah. I think purple is power. Uh, yeah. Um and yeah, so Thor thinks that the uh the Tesseract has been destroyed with Asgard. Um but Loki rescued it. As he does. Because he's very sticky. And he did go back into the throne room to grab uh, Sorto's helmet. The Thor eye roll remember? was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, for and fuck's sake. He, <laughs> he obviously grabbed the Tesseract as well. Oh, I might need this one day. Yeah. And I mean, even if Asgard had been destroyed, like that stone would have kind of still been floating in amongst the, the wreckage of it. True. Because the stone is very difficult to destroy the... Yeah. The Infinity Stones, as we'll, we'll see later. Um, so yeah, he still has the uh, he still has the Tesseract. Um, at this point, Hulk dives in and attacks Thanos, and kind of has a little bit of a fight with Thanos, but Thanos pretty much easily beats him up, and then imprisons Thor. Uh, it's like Hulk and Thanos are kind of the same sort of size, and it was quite interesting to see Hulk going toe to toe with somebody the same size as him that wasn't like in a suit and getting his ass kicked yeah and totally getting his ass kicked because uh hulk is kind of slow and like he's just relies on his brute force and thanos is obviously like he's obviously a trained fighter based on this because he's kind of bobbing and weaving and ducking the punches and stuff like that so uh, thanos manages to beat him up uh and he then imprisons thor and i don't know bits of metal (laughs) Actually, it's his one of the children of Thanos that wraps Thor up. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so he does that just to stop Thor from trying to attack Thanos anymore. And uh, Heimdall realizes they're in a bad situation, and Heimdall's like just been lying there the whole time, kind of dying. Um, and he decides that as his kind of final act, he will. Uh, used the Bifrost one last time to send the Hulk away, strangely. To try to get help. Do you think it was weird that he sent the Hulk and not someone else? Um, Well, there's a lot of theories floating out there about that. Mm -hmm. Did he actually send the Hulk? Well, I mean, it looked like the Hulk <laughs> when, when he sent him it originally, anyway. Yeah, and uh, we, we can kind of get into that at the end. Yeah, um, I, but I just thought it was weird that he didn't, like, try to send Thor. Because you would think, like, mm-hmm. it being Heimdall, and, like, he obviously knows 
Thor very well, and Thor would be able to go get help and come back and then uh, like do some damage to Thanos. And um, but he's just seen the Hulk get trashed by Thanos. So he's not really going to be able to do anything. So it was a straight. It was a strange one they would send him. But there might have been like Heimdall has wisdom. We need to remember, and you can see everything in the universe. So he has a reason for sending Hulk. I think. Uh, Thanos then steps up and kills Heimdall. So Heimdall now dead, no longer with us. First Id- casualty Id- of the movie. Idris Elba is now out of his contract. Yeah, and I'm sure he's happy about that because I don't think he liked being in these movies. I, you know, some of that I, I uh, put off as did. Is that something Marvel had them do just so they would? Uh, you know, did Marvel cultivate their bad press? You know, do it on purpose. Maybe. Maybe, but I mean, I don't know that he would necessarily lie about it like that. Well, look at Jeremy Renner. I mean, he supposedly had a huge beef with Marvel. Yeah, and, but I think I, I don't think he said he ever came out and said explicitly that he did. Mm. Whereas Idris Elba did, like he came out and said that he didn't like being in these movies. So. Mm. Um, but I mean, he seemed all right. He seemed all right in Thor Ragnarok, and like he was fine for his part in this, which was admittedly very, very short. Mm. Um, but anyway, Th- Th- Thanos then smashes the Tesseract, revealing the Infinity Stone inside it, and he puts that onto his gauntlet. And one of his advisors, which I think that one's name is the Maw. Yep, Ebony um, Maw. Yeah, he uh, he says that no one's ever wielded two stones before, and it's his. It's so impressive that he's able to do it. So uh, Thanos sends uh, two of his cronies to find two more uh, stones on Earth, whilst uh, he goes to Titan. Uh, Loki at this point pledges his allegiance to Thanos and says, oh, I'll go and help you guide the guys on Earth and and whatnot. Um, But it's actually just a ruse to try to get close enough to Thanos to try and kill him with a knife that he kind of materialises. And when he gets up, to him, gets up to him, he doesn't manage to kill him. Thanos stops him and then kind of grabs Loki by the neck and seemingly kills him and says, no resurrections this time. So Loki might be dead, but he also might not be because I thought it was interesting when, when he was walking up to it and see how he kind of materialised the knife in his hand. Mm-hmm. That reminded me of when he, uh, you remember when in Thor Ragnarok, he sort of phases out of himself and leaves himself there. He's got like the kind of, I don't know, whatever gizmo is and he makes a copy of himself. I think this might have been like a copy of Loki. Well, we might as well just get into it now. The the rumor Hmm. is it wasn't uh, the Hulk that uh, they sent to, that Heimdall sent to Earth, it was Loki, mm-hmm. which is why, okay. uh, that which is why Banner, now we're jumping ahead of ourselves, uh, is unable to transform into the Hulk on Earth. Mm, okay, interesting. So that, uh, you know, he, uh, Thanos killed a Loki doppelganger, and that. Thor isn't even on the ship. He or 
Hulk isn't even on the ship. He and Valkyrie are off uh, gallivanting around the the universe right now. And uh, I presumably Korg and Meek as well. That's yeah. a movie I'd like to see. Hulk, Valkyrie, Korg and Meek. The movie. <laughs> what do they call themselves? The Revengers? Was that was their name? In, uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that, I think that would be fun. Um, there's a there's a lot of unfortunately um, there's a lot of space in between the movies that I would love to see filled. You know, I mean, uh, between like just between uh, Age of Ultron and Thor Ragnarok, you know, there's an entire movie there uh, for Planet Hulk mm-hmm. that we really yep. didn't Could see. The you know the you know they mention uh, the destruction of Xandar uh, at the hands of Thanos. Well, where's our Nova movie uh, depicting that? Yep. <laughs> well, I mean that might come later on. Like, look what they're doing mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel now, sure. where they're showing you the the, the sort of nineties era when the scrolls were around and stuff like that. So we might get that as like flashback scenes in another future movie that's like an origin story for Nova, for example. Mm. So they may just be saving that stuff for, for time. Because this is, a, like you say, this is a long movie as it is without showing that. Maybe they had it in at some point and they went, oh, yeah, we're at four hours, guys, cut that. <laughs> True. Um, so, yeah, Thanos then uses the, uh, the Power Stone to destroy the rest of the ship. And then warps out using his newly acquired blue stone, which is the space stone. Yes. So you can now basically teleport anywhere he wants. Which is well, while destroying the sh- while destroying the ship. While destroying the ship, yeah. Um, Hulk then crash lands on Earth in Doctor Strange's house, and says Thanos is coming as he's basically transformed back into Banner. Um, I don't know that we ever... Saw, did we see him as Hulk there? I don't think we did. No. He was just kind of a little bit green and mostly Hulk. Uh, there, he, it, 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 there were a couple times where you would get no in Hulk voice, but that was about mm. it. Yeah. Once um, during uh, mm. this... Once during the battle in New York and once during the battle in Wakanda. Yeah. And uh, and after he says uh, Thanos is coming, Doctor Strange is like, who? <laughs> and, and that reminded me of uh, of Guardians when mm. uh, when Star Lord was introducing himself and uh, Korra's like, who? <laughs> Which I thought was funny because you look at the two different characters like Star Lord and Thanos. Especially those points in their arcs, like right now versus back then, it's quite funny. Um, also that scene with uh, Hulk crashing through Doctor Strange's house, um, straight from the Infinity Gauntlet comic book. Okay. But it's a uh, Silver Surfer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Who is sent back, to, or is he rushes back to to Earth and crash lands in Doctor Strange's house, and says Thanos is coming. So it's not Hulk. And this isn't Silver Surfer. It's it's obviously Hulk or, mm-hmm. or possibly Loki. 
Um, we then see Tony and uh, Pepper Potts taking a walk in the park, and they talk about like maybe having a baby, but that she's not pregnant right now, and Tony's been having dreams about it and stuff. Um, and uh, Doctor Strange just shows up out of nowhere with uh, with Bruce, who is pretty shaken up, obviously, having just been chucked through space. And they go to Doctor Strange's uh, Sanctum Santorium, and Wong then explains the six Infinity Stones to them. There's space, reality, power, soul, mind, and time. Uh, Doctor Strange has the Time Stone in the Eye of Agamotto, and obviously we've already seen that Thanos has the Power Stone, and now has the uh, the Space Stone as well. So it's just the other ones that he needs to get. Uh, they realise that Thanos sent Loki and it was it was all him, all, everything that's been happening is kind of all tied into him. And we've known this for a long time because mm-hmm. we stayed to the after credits, Tony. So if you just watched the after credits scenes, then you would know exactly what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and if he does manage to get all the Infinity Stones together, he could destroy life on a massive, uh, massive scale never seen before. Uh, across the universe, not just not just on Earth. But more interestingly, in this universe, Ben and Jerry's apparently made Tony Stark and Hulk flavors of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching the thing today, um, and there were there were seen, thing, uh, lines that I just never picked up the first mm. time, the first two times, like uh, just before the Hulk comes crashing through. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange and Wong are walking down the stairs, and Doctor Strange is giving Wong shit about how can you not have any money, <laughs> and you know because they're they're talking about going to get lunch. Yep. And uh, he goes, you know, he he gives you know the faith and all you know uh, poverty kind of lines, and he goes, oh hold it. Uh, he pulls out. Uh, he goes. I I I got two hundred rupees, and uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange goes. How much is that? He goes about a buck and a half. <laughs> and and uh, Strange is talking about going to to a deli. He goes. Well, I wouldn't turn down like a tuna melt. Mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. I I never. Yeah. Um. I there was just so many little things that just that I just picked that I never you know and this is the first 10 minutes of the movie so unlike Ant-Man and the Wasp I wasn't asleep yet um <laughs> that I just ne- never picked up and I don't know if it was uh just because the the other thing is if you own a 4 if you have a way to watch this in 4K HDR do it I thought yep. it, I, it was just my it was so much better than the theater I thought. I totally agree. I totally agree. But uh, just I had a, I had a much better viewing experience at home than in, in the in the cinema. I mean, the, the everything just popped off the screen. But just like I said, little dialogue and little funny bits like that that I just didn't pick up the first time. Uh, yes, the what was it? Uh, something nuts flavor for. Uh, uh, Stark, Stark, Stark raving hazelnut or something. Like yeah. that, I think it was Stark raving nuts or something. Yeah, Stark raving mm-hmm. hazelnut and uh, Hulka Hulka smash or something like that. Yeah, 
but yes, they, I, his comment that, yeah, I got into an argument with Jerry and the next thing I know, Ben and Jerry's has a names of flavor after me, uh, you know, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's a real good, like, universe-building stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just tiny, like, throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. But they're all building into, like, creating this intricate web of a universe that's crazy and wild and, like, all this different shit's happening. So, yeah, it's re- really cool. And I, I like what, what they did. Even with even with the short amount of time each character got here, they managed to do something with everybody, pretty much. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, um, so yeah, Doctor Strange has the has the time stone in the Eye of Agamotto, um, and uh, we obviously we know that Vision has the mind stone in his head, basically. Um, Tony doesn't know where he is though because he turned his transponder off a couple of weeks ago and he's currently off the grid. He does reckon though that Steve Rogers could find the Vision, but they aren't on speaking terms right now and. Uh, obviously, Banner doesn't know anything about what happened during the Civil War, so he kind of has to briefly fill him in about that. And he then pulls out the flip phone, which uh, was delivered to him by one of the Stan Lees. Um, Mr. Stank! End, looking for <laughs> yeah. Tony Stank! At the end of uh, Civil War. Uh, and he's about to call Cap, but then something starts to happen. There's kind of rumbling going on. Um, and they go outside and they see that a lot of people are running and screaming. And they take a look around a corner and there's uh, some sort of massive circular wheeled donut ship has appeared. It's <laughs> just floating in the middle of the street in down- was it downtown Manhattan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Um, we then cut to Peter Parker, who's on the bus to school. As as he should be, um, and his uh, spider sense activates, and he turns around and the oh, others a giant ship in his periphery as well. So he's in the same sort of vicinity as them, and he gets uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Uh, yeah, his, I don't know. His, his, his pal, bu- yeah, his buddy. His buddy, I can't remember his name. The guy in the chair, um, he gets him to create a distraction. Which We're all he, gonna die. He just goes, oh, there's a giant alien ship that's going to kill us all. And like, okay, well, that's not really like, distracting people. You're just pointing out what is there, but okay. Um, and uh, Stanley's the driver of this bus, which was was cool. And he's just like, oh, have you never seen an alien ship before? <laughs> and uh, and Peter Peter Parker jumps out the bus, turns into Spider-Man, and then swings off towards the, uh, towards the ship. His spider sense was a bit slow here, I thought. Because, like, if it's just activating and the ship is already, like, there. Like, come on. <laughs> you should have noticed that, like, I don't know, when it came into the atmosphere. Well, this is the first time we've actually seen uh, his spider sense activate. That's true. And activated by, like... By way of his uh, arms, uh, sorry, the hairs on his arms sort of standing up. Yep. Which was a cool effect, actually, because it looked really realistic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two, two aliens then beam down from the ship, and uh, they are the, the children of Thanos, whose, whose names I don't know. Um, One is Proxima Midnight. Okay. Because there's, there's a big guy and then a smaller guy. 
The girl is Proxima Midnight. The girl, the girl wasn't there. It was the big guy and the small guy. Oh, here. oh, that's right. No, this, the smaller guy was Ebony Maw. No, that wasn't that wasn't Maw. I don't yeah. think. Yes. Was it? Yes. Same guy. Different in this. Because he says you were about. Because remember at the beginning uh, of the movie when they're on Thor's ship, he's giving the speech of. Uh, yeah. So I think it's the same guy. Although he and Chorus Glaive do look quite alike. But the big guy is Cull Obsidian. Yeah, see, if, I feel if they'd named these people in this movie, then mm-hmm. that would have made it easier to understand who was who. Because mm-hmm. they just didn't bother to give them any names. No, we didn't. Okay. And like I said, the only reason I know any of them is because they are uh, available support characters in Puzzle Quest. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think you're. I think you are right. Then that must have been more because Chorus Glaive is the one who uh, is with the girl when they attack later on. Okay. So they sent them in basically teams of two. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it must have. It must have been more then. Oh no, it was. Yeah, because yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, so you're right. Um. Okay, so yeah, they they beam down and uh, Stark basically tells them that Earth is closed and uh, tells. It says "Get Lost, Squidward," <laughs> or yes. Squidward. Sorry, <laughs> a reference to SpongeBob SquarePants. Yep, which is which is good. There's a lot of like pop culture references in this movie, like a crazy amount, and um, probably more than I've ever seen in any any movie ever. Um, Banner then struggles to turn into the Hulk, like we like we mentioned, and basically the Hulk just won't come out here at all. He's he, having performance anxiety. Yeah, you can see his neck kind of turning green a bit and stuff like that, but uh, he's not turning into Hulk at all. And it, it's interesting because, like, obviously you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned like Loki potentially being mm-hmm. this Banner Hulk right now, um, and we do know that he can, not necessarily shapeshift, but he can definitely uh, pretend to be other people because he did pretend to be Odin for quite some time on mm-hmm. Asgard. Uh, Stark then suits up in his new Iron Man suit, which is uh, comprised of nanotech, which he stores in like a kind of chest piece. And his suit is very modular, and it can change like crazy. Like he uses the one suit for this entire movie, and it changes so much, and the the structure of it is insane. But it was a good way for them to not have to have him drag about like a bunch of different suits. Yeah, or keep sending them out. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange sends Bruce Banner away to the park for safety. Because obviously if he's not going to turn at the Hulk, then he's in danger. He's just a guy. Um, so he sends him away. And Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Wong, and Spider-Man then fight off against these two children of Thanos. Um, when Spider-Man shows up, he asks uh, Tony, well, what's his problem? And he says, oh, he's from space. He came to steal a necklace from a wizard. <laughs> Which is kind of ludicrous when you put it like that. Like, uh, Yeah, this is this is a bit silly. Um, but at least they kind of own that. Uh, the Ebony Maw manages to sort of capture Doctor Strange momentarily. Um, however, his cape pops in and rescues him. And uh, Spider-Man then tries to help. But he does end up getting sucked up into the ship. Yep. Um, 
Wong manages to teleport the big dude away to a snowy mountain somewhere. Probably near where Iron Fist is, I would guess. <laughs> okay. And sure, sure, I mean, we'll go with that. Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same universe. It's the only snow we've seen. Maybe, like, it, oh, yeah, maybe it's near uh, the Inhumans outpost in the Himalayas. Maybe Quake will show up. It could be. Yeah. There's no Inhumans there, no, yeah. there though. That, yeah. that place got destroyed. <laughs> and, and then uh, Ebony Maw gets on the ship with Strange and, uh, and takes off with uh, Spider-Man kind of clinging on by web. Uh, obviously, Tony's in contact with Spider-Man through their kind of like voice channel. Um, and Tony, at this point, summons 17A which is some sort of suit, we think, and it comes from the Avengers like headquarters. Then Spider-Man gets onto the ship and he's kind of clinging to the outside of it and struggling to breathe as it goes higher and higher. Basically, the ship is on its way out of Earth's atmosphere. And he eventually kind of ends up falling off it. And it turns out that 17A is a Spider-Man suit and it attaches to Spider-Man and it kind of starts to send him home. And now this suit is the... Is base very similar to the suit from the comics, the Iron Spider suit. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks quite different in terms of the actual design of it, um, the the main costume part. But he has the the mechanical like spider arms that are straight out of the comic books. Because in the comic book, the suit is a red suit with gold on it, and this one is kind of more it's more red and blue and gold, which looks very very different. It looks more like a Captain Marvel suit, actually. Like, mm. when you just see it kind of off the cuff. Yeah, it doesn't have that much gold. Yeah. yeah. It, it has some gold, yeah. Yeah. And Tony then gets to the ship as well, and it leaves us, and he thinks that Spider-Man is on his way home. However, Spider-Man actually managed to hang on to the ship and kind of sneaks inside it. Uh, Wong then goes back to the sanctuary to protect it, and Banner is left to, with the cell phone to call Steve to make him aware of what's happening, because obviously Tony was about to call him before this, all this shit went down. Uh, we then cut to space, where we see the Guardians of the Galaxy, who are just cruising along, listening to tunes, whilst they go to investigate a distress call. The rubber band uh, man. Rubber Band Man, yeah. I'm not familiar with that song. Uh, I want to say it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, and yeah, it's not something that I ever heard prior to this, really. No, not that I remember a, listening to. Yeah, it's not a bad song. Like, um, And I quite liked how this felt very different from the first part of the movie. Because as soon as we went here, I'm like, oh, this now feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> You could even what say that about Thor, Thor to, uh, you know, on the good ship Asgard to New York. They, yep. they felt very different too. Uh, the yep. Russos did a great job of uh, taking the flavor of uh, the movie series for each segment. At, yeah, they at did the an amazing job. Yeah. Like, really amazing. It's, it's quite remarkable that they managed to stitch it all together and make it work. 
when it could easily have all fallen apart and it could have felt really jarring, like jumping from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a really good job getting this all to blend together as a cohesive story. Um, so yeah, they're investigating a distress signal. Um, Groot's playing some sort of game. I, I don't know what game it is, but it must be an Earth game. Defender. Was it Defender? I it didn't, was a def- didn't know. It was, def- it was Defender on um, one of those 80s handhelds, which was just red LED lights. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's just like the one game type thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't know how to notice that. Um so yeah, the and he's he's also a teen group now, and he's got a bit of an attitude about him. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> we we don't know what he says, but I think what he says is pretty rude. <laughs> uh, so the guardians then find the wreckage of this guardian ship, and uh, Thor ends up crashing into the windscreen, and he's not dead. He opens his eye, his one eye. And they bring him on board and they describe him as a handsome, muscular dude. Sort of a pirate and an angel had a baby. <laughs> yeah, because he's obviously got one eye, so he's got an eye patch. So, um, Mantis then wakes him up and, and he's like, oh, who the hell are you guys? Um, Gamora then fills him in about Thanos wanting to wipe out half the universe with Snappy's fingers if he manages to get all six stones and uh, then reveals that she's the adopted daughter of Thanos as well. And they, we don't really see this, but they basically tell each other their stories about how they got there. Uh, Thor said he needs a hammer and he tries to take their uh, escape pod thing. And Peter Quill tries to stop him by trying to be more manly like Thor. And changes voice. He changes his voice to be very deep, like Thor. <laughs> which he does not pull off at all, and he sounds really off doing it. Which is actually quite a really good piece of acting. Like, because I don't, I, I mean, it must be hard to do that. Because to try to sound mocking like that. Oh, it's probably something he was skill. doing as a goof at lunch. While shooting, mm. you know, and yeah, they yeah, just, possibly. you know, I mean, it's just something where, you know, he was probably giving Helmsworth, giving Helmsworth shit and, uh, about, uh, you know, Thor's stoic voice and, he, you know, mm. so, sounds like he has a stick permanently stuck up his ass <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then they just kind of, I have a feeling that something like that happened and they stuck it right in the movie. Um, and then, and then, then the guardians all give them shit and so, you know, it's, it's typical guardians, uh, style humor, you know, just like, yeah, it you, uh, you know, it, it just felt very natural as, okay, uh, we, we switched directors and producers for this scene or something. Because it does feel like that, and I assume I don't know if they actually did that, but uh, they would have definitely consulted with the directors of those movies for sure to get the right kind of feel and vibe for for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, 
they kind of discuss what they should do next, and uh, obviously Thor says that he needs a hammer. Um, but they also realise that Thanos will be going to nowhere um, to go and get the reality stone from the Collector, because the Asgardians left it with him. If you remember back mm-hmm. in Thor The Dark World, in the after credit scene, mm-hmm. Sif and what's the what's the big one of the Warriors 3, what was his name? Hogan? Uh, Hogan's the oriental no, not looking Hogan. guy. Volstag? Yeah. Volstag, yeah. Volstag's the big one. Yep, Volstag and, and Sif took that, uh, took the reality stone to the collector at the end of that movie. So it's and it's been there ever since. Uh, the collector's basically looking after it for them. Um, and Thor kind of t- mentions the that the Avengers are on Earth with the other two two stones, and they'll be looking after them. And uh, Mantis asks if Kevin Bacon is one of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> And Thor's like, well, I don't know, I've not been there for a while, he might be. <laughs> Which is a hilarious image, and they need to get Kevin Bacon in the next Avengers movie. Like, he needs to be in Endgame. Like, 100%. Like, I won't accept it if he's not there. <laughs> if he's not there, it's just, it's not true. Why Kevin Bacon? Do you know any know anything behind the significance I mean, there was there's a lot of memes around Kevin Bacon, mm. and they kind of play like Kevin Bacon himself like played into it quite a lot, and he appeared in a whole bunch of adverts, and um, kind of aping himself in various roles and stuff like that. So, uh, and he's had he's had a lot of fun with it and and success from that. So it's it's basically like a meme thing. Okay. And obviously, I imagine Mantis is like from this universe's perspective they've just seen those movies from uh eight, from the 80s movies and stuff like that mm. that peter quills told them about and maybe has managed to gather copies of for them to see okay but yeah i think it'd be hilarious if he ended up being on the avengers like imagine he was like uh wonder man <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that'd, would be, that'd be perfect yeah i think that would be really good um but yeah, so Th- Thor needs a new hammer, like we said, and he needs to go to uh, Nid. What's this place called? Yeah. Nid- 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 What's it called? Nid. I'm trying to think. Nidalheim. No, not not Nidalheim. Nordaheim, something like. that? It's like Nidavelli or something like that. Okay. Yeah, Nid. Nidavelli, yeah, that's what it is. Um. So yeah, he needs to go to Nidavellir to try to get a new, a new weapon essentially to be able to fight Thanos. And there's a guy there called Itiri who can help him out. Uh, Rocket and Groot decide to go with Thor to Nidavellir, um, because there might be cool weapons there, <laughs> and Rocket likes weapons, and Groot goes where Rocket goes. Whilst the uh, the other morons are gonna go to nowhere. To try and stop Thanos. Um, back on Earth, um, we see Vision, who now looks human, which is very strange. <laughs> Obviously played by Paul Bettany and just his normal mm. get-up. Um, he's now with uh, the Scarlet Witch, and they are in Edinburgh in Scotland, and they are seemingly in love. Vision has feelings, and he doesn't want to go back 
and this is actually quite a cool scene because they're like they're in a hotel and then they, they go out for like a walk and they then end up seeing the uh the attack on new york on a on a television and it was really cool to see this because like i've been to the place that they're uh that they're in there and i've walked on that street i'm like oh i know exactly where that is <laughs> oh cool and we don't we don't normally get to have that mm-hmm. so much. Like uh, you you'll get that obviously from New York because you've been there a bunch of times. But um, like myself, having never been to to like New York and stuff like that, um, we I, I don't get that so much from <laughs> from those shows. Um, but yeah, the, that is a, a a real place in in Scotland, and it's a really cool little street actually. There's a lot of cool shops and like wee pubs and stuff on it. And um, but yeah, Vision says that he doesn't want to go back. And they then see this attack on New York on the TV, and he's like, okay, well, I need to go now. However, he doesn't get a chance to, because he gets stabbed through the back with a spear. And as soon as he gets stabbed, he turns back into like his vision form, um, and his like, normal clothes kind of disappear. And the, uh, the two other children of Thanos attack them. So this is Proxima Midnight, and the other one, Cor- Corvus Glaive. Yep. Yep. So they attack them and they have a, a bit of a fight here with uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision facing off against them. And there's a whole bunch of like getting chucked around and uh, Vision using his power. And it, it it was interesting like he that Chorus was able to sort of deflect Vision's uh, beam away and he just ended up like destroying bits of buildings and things. But uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch kind of fly away and then get shot by Proxima Midnight and they end up crashing through the roof of the uh, the train station. Uh, and, the, the, and the two uh, children of Thanos come after them and um, start to go to attack them. But then at this point, Captain America shows up and he catches a spear, which uh, I think it was Proxima threw at him. And... <laughs> It was pretty cool, actually. Like it was a, a good good entrance, um, and then Falcon arrives too, and Black Widow, and they kind of beat up the uh, beat up Proxima and Corvus, and they basically run away on the ship. So all the uh, all the good guys then leave on a Quinjet and head as if they're going back home. Yeah. Uh, so we then cut to a flashback of young Gamora's world being destroyed and basically Thanos killed half of her race and took her basically as his child um, he gave her this little double sided knife which is perfectly balanced and that's how he kind of describes the world as being like perfectly balanced as he's killing half of her people because you see in the background like he's split it off and like his his guys are uh holding half of the people off and pointing guns at the other half and they kill one side and leave the other side to live yeah that was gruesome i guess is the best word for it yeah definitely especially to do that kind of in front of a child although he does shoot her from Mm. it somewhat which was interesting um because, I mean, why would he care? It's just somebody he's just met. Uh, but, yeah, we do see that she still has this knife. Um, and she asks Peter Quill to basically kill her 
if uh, Thanos gets her somehow um, because she knows something that he doesn't and it would basically put the entire universe at risk if he finds out. And Quill eventually agrees to it. He's reluctant but does agree. Um, and then there's some kissing and then some creepy Drax watching. <laughs> and uh, he says he's been standing there watching them for an hour and they didn't notice him because he's managed to master the ability to stand so still that he's invisible. And they're like, oh, but you can, I can see you. And he's like, but I'm not moving as he's eating a Zargnut. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hilarious scene. Apparently that was like a kind of a, a kind of ad-lib scene as well. I I could see that. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think the cast just feeds off of each other. Yeah, and they come definitely. up with this weird shit. Yeah, it was really funny. So we then see over nowhere in the collector's vault, uh, Thanos is already there talking to the collector. He's kind of pinned down. Uh, the collector claims that he's sold the stone, he sold the Infinity Stone, and Thanos doesn't believe him and says, oh, where is the stone? And that is a reference to the movie Snatch, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's a, it's a British movie that Benicio Del Toro is in, and he plays a character who is looking for uh, a diamond, basically. And he, at one point in that movie, asks another character multiple times, where is the stone, in various different voices. So he's like, where is the stone? Where is the stone? And like he says it like at least ten or fifteen times, so like that's a, a reference to that movie, which I thought was quite a cool little cut. Considering it's obviously being showed out Del Toro that he's doing it too. And you pro you probably wouldn't have picked up on that one unless you've seen that movie a good number of times. Um. So Mantis. Uh, decides to put Drax to sleep in order to stop him from going attacking Thanos but he ends up falling down anyway which alerts Thanos to their presence so Gamora jumps in and starts attacking Thanos and injures him and he falls down seemingly dead and the collector starts clapping so that was the end of the movie they they killed Thanos they did good yeah 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 but no no because uh Thanos starts talking to Gamora, and then everything kind of vanishes. Um, obviously, Thanos already has the reality stone, and has already wrecked nowhere because it's in ashes, basically. Um, I don't know why <laughs> why he bothered to put on this rose, but okay. Um, he reveals that he needs Gamora, basically. And he, he, it's so funny what he does he, at this point because Drax and Mantis go to try and attack him and he turns Drax into like, I don't know, like mushy blocks <laughs> and turns Mantis into a character from ARMS for some reason. With these, she, he turns her into like silly string almost. Oh yeah, yeah, he's using, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, what, what, is this the reality it's stone? The, yeah, it's the reality stone okay. he's using, yeah. Could have changed something. It was really funny just to see Mantis like crumpled in this heap, um, and Drax as well. Like just these these like weird blocks. Uh, so yeah, he does get Gamora, and Gamora tells uh, Quill, who he refers to himself as the Titan Killer. <laughs> um, Gamora tells him to kill her instead of uh, Thanos, and 
he's reluctant, but he does end up shooting her. However, Thanos makes the bullets turn into bubbles. <laughs> Which is very nice of him. Bubble bullets. Um, Thanos then warps away with Gamora and uh, Drax and Mantis return to normal. Now that the, obviously the power of the reality stones has been removed from their vicinity. Which was, it was quite lucky that they did return to normal and didn't just stay as those creatures for the rest of the, the rest of the movie. So, um, back on off, uh, General Ross asks Rhodey via a sort of hologram Skype type call um, about Vision and uh, where he is. And he does say that he, he disappeared a couple of weeks ago, but his transponder signal was last over Edinburgh, which is where he was. Um, and at this point, uh, Cap, Widow and the others that were in Edinburgh uh, come back to Avengers HQ. And uh, Cap talks to Ross and they kind of talk about the situation that's going on just now with Thanos. And he, he says he's not asking permission to, to be here. He's here to fight. And uh, Ross tells Rhodey to arrest him. <laughs> and Rhodey just hangs up on him. <laughs> Which apparently is a court-martial offence to hang up on someone. So, poof. Like, there goes don't ever hang immunity. up on your superiors. Yeah. Don't ever hang up on your superiors in the military. Jeez. Like, that is harsh. <laughs> and uh, Banner is here too. And he comes out of one of the side doors and says, Oh, hi, Nat. <laughs> and they just kind of look at each other and uh, Falcon's like, Yeah, this is awkward. <laughs> uh, we also find out that uh, Clint, who's Hawkeye, and Scott are on house arrest. And Scott's obviously uh, Ant-Man. And Banner's surprised that there's an Ant-Man and a Spider-Man. Because <laughs> obviously these people were not around the last time he was here during uh, Age of Ultron. So the world is, the superhero world has gotten a lot bigger since he was last here. And they kind of work out that they need to destroy the stone that's in Vision's head. And that Wanda has the power to be able to do this. And Vision offers, like, well, yeah, just destroy it, that's fine, we'll deal with it. Um, and Cap tells him that, oh, we, we don't trade lives, Vision. However, they do work out that they might be able to actually remove the stone and leave Vision intact, because Vision is only, the stone's only, like, a part of him, the rest of him is, because uh, he's, he's got parts from Bruce and Tony and, uh, and Ultron and Jarvis as well, so... Um, Taking out the stone would hopefully leave intact some of the best parts of, of Vision. So, However, they can't do it there, unfortunately. But Cap knows somewhere where they might be able to do it. Wakanda. Which, uh, which is Wakanda, yes. And we, we then see uh, a, a scene in Wakanda where Black Panther sends word to M'Baku to uh, come to help. And he also goes to see someone who's calling the White Wolf which is uh, Bucky, who mm -hmm. now has a new arm. Do you know why they called him the White Wolf? I think he actually went by that at some point. Did he? Okay, I didn't realize that. So we then finally get back to the spaceship with uh, the Maw and Doctor Strange. 
and Doctor Strange is basically kind of being floated above this platform, and he's got all these sort of I don't know pins and needles type things like pointing at him. And I don't know exactly what these are. These things, but they're like sort of needles of light almost. Uh, and this guy then starts to uh, torture Doctor Strange with, basically in order to try and get the uh, try and get him to give him the time stone. And he says, "Look, oh, he's never failed Thanos and and all this yada yada." Uh, Spider Man then finds Tony and the Cape, <laughs> who have teamed up, <laughs> and Tony kind of berates him for coming along because obviously he sent him home. And he says, "Well." I can't be a friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man if there's no neighbourhood to protect. Which is a, a fair point. And Tony says, well, kind of, okay, well, what's your plan, Neil, and what, what should we do? And he he has a plan. And he asks Tony if he's seen this old movie called Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, that movie does not seem that old, but okay. It would have probably come out before this Peter Parker was born, right enough. Okay. So Tony, in, in the six one six universe, the hmm. White Wolf is the head of Wakanda's secret police, the okay. Hatut Zer, uh, Zerzazi, and he was T'Challa's adopted brother. Right. Okay. It was actually T'Chaka's secret police. Hmm. It's not someone I've ever come across in the in the comics. Although I haven't read that many Black Panther comics, so that's probably why. Um. So Tony then makes to uh, attack the the Maw, and he kind of talks to him for a minute, and and it makes to attack him. The the Maw says, "Oh, your powers are inconsequential compared to mine." Uh, and Tony's like, well, but the kid has seen more movies than you. <laughs> uh, and Tony then blows a, a hole in the side of the ship, which sucks them all outside and basically freezes him to death. And he then kind of plugs up the gap using... Uh, I, I don't exactly know what it is that he uses, I assume it's part of the nanotech stuff. Yeah, it's probably. It, it's be- but anyway, the, it, it's mm. better than a life raft. It is better than a life raft, yes. A life raft is not a good thing to block a hole in a ship with. Uh, if, if you need proof of this, just show Agents, uh, just watch that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, wasn't it? Season 1, Episode 2. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think one of our oldest running jokes on this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a deep cut, that one, a deep cut. Um, so yeah, then... Uh, Peter introduces himself to Doctor Strange by just saying, oh, I'm Peter. And Doctor Strange is like, oh, I'm Doctor Strange. And Peter's like, oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I thought this moment would have been much funnier if we hadn't seen it in the trailer, but we, we, we knew about that way before the, the movie actually came out. Um, they kind of just have a conversation where they talk about, like, try to work out how to turn the ship around to take them back home. However, Tony thinks that it's actually a better idea that they go to Thanos and take the fight to him because he's probably not going to expect that. And Strange agrees to it 
However, he does say that he would let either of them die in order to save the time stone because it has it's his priority, which is fair. <laughs> um, and Tony also makes uh, Spider Man an Avenger now. Um, I'm just going to go and grab a quick drink. Give me two minutes. All right, I'll hit pause. We're going to hit the restaurant. Yeah. Cool. Remind me to hit record. All right, it's recording again. Yep, red okay, light's so, on. <laughs> <go. laughs> okay, so yeah, we, we, we... And do you know what? Like, there was a really confusing cut, um, actually, between this that scene and then this next scene because immediately after that we saw a donut shaped ship heading mm-hmm. towards Thanos's main ship mm-hmm. and I was like oh, okay they're going to Thanos's main ship but they never did <laughs> they never got there I'm like what the hell it was very strange when like later on uh, a couple of scenes later down the line they end up like on Thanos uh, not on Thanos on Titan um, and I'm like but they were all, they went to the ship like why are we not seeing the scene of them on the ship but obviously, it's just Thanos has a bunch of these donut-shaped ships that, and this is just one that happened to be going into that ship. They shouldn't have showed that donut ship there. <laughs> they should have cut that out completely. Yeah, it was a little. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Because uh, honestly, uh, today was the first time I saw that scene. I had the last two times I'd seen the movie, I'd fallen asleep. I had slept through that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it really confused me, and I've seen the that's four times I've seen the movie now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did they not go there? <laughs> but anyway, um, we see uh, Thanos bringing Gamora some food, and she throws it away, refuses to eat it, and she basically says that she hated her life with Thanos. And he's like, yeah, I know, you told me all the time. She was a petulant teenager. <laughs> um, he does tell her about our planet, though, and what it's like now. And uh, he says it's a paradise now because he killed half the people. And he says that if life is left unchecked, it will cease to exist in the universe. So that's why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, However, he does say that he's disappointed in her, not because she couldn't find the soul stone, but because she did find it and then lied about it to him. And he takes her through to see Nebula, who's kind of, I don't know, she's sort of suspended and all kind of stretched out. Yeah, body parts all over the place. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he tells Gamora that Nebula snuck aboard and tried to kill Thanos and nearly succeeded, but he managed to stop her. Um, and then he kind of starts to pull her apart, um, basically to try and make Gamora help him. And we find out that she didn't indeed find the stone which is what she's been saying to him. She's, she's technically not lying. Um, however, she did find a map to it and then burned it, so she's the only one who knows where it is. Yes, he plays some, a memory hmm. tape from, yep, from Nebula. Nebula's mind. Yeah. And after some more uh, torturing of Nebula... Gamora eventually agrees to tell him where it is in order to save her. Um, and it's on a place which I think it's called Vormir or something like that. Vormir. Vormir, that's it, yeah. Because when they first said it, I'm like, they just said Boromir. <laughs> and that's a character from Lord of the Rings. Like, what? <laughs> Be a Vormir, which is not a place I've ever heard of in the Marvel Universe before. 
I would have to go so, look, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they head off to go there. Um, we then see Thor and and uh, Rocket head to Nidavellir. And we find out that Thor speaks Groot. He says it was like a like an additional class that he took way back when. An elective. An elective, yeah. That's it. So we don't have we don't have that here. That, so I couldn't think of the name. Um. But yeah, basically he says that fate wills it that he's going to kill Thanos essentially. Um. He does kind of mention that he's got nothing left to lose because he's his brother's dead, his dad's dead, his sister's dead, and his mom's dead. And yeah. What about Jane Foster, Thor? And Seth? <laughs> Your loves? <laughs> and Valkyrie, maybe? Mm, yeah, we don't know. Um, Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill, yeah. Um, and yeah, Rocket gives uh, Rocket then gives Thor a spare eye that he had lying around. <laughs> and Thor says, oh, thank you, sweet rabbit. <laughs> yeah, but did... Well, basically, he sold the eye to somebody, but then he went back and stole it, stole it back before he left. Yeah, something and, like that. And, it, and, and he says it, that he smuggled, he smuggled it out. Um, and it, oh, and it, and and then something happens, and they don't, they don't ever get back to it. But basically, he smuggled this eye out in his ass, and yeah. Thor really should have washed that before he just <laughs> stuck it in his eye. <laughs> Another classic Guardians moment. Yep, definitely. <laughs> kind of a new Thor yep. moment too, I would say. I mean, because yeah, yeah, agreed. But between the, I mean, it just, just, it fit. It was perfect. Yep, these characters work well together. Mm-hmm. Like this, like Rocket and Thor team up. Like Groot's yep. either kind of neither here nor there, but like Rocket and Thor together was a good mm-hmm. fit. I th- I'm really glad that they did that as a kind of team up here. So they, they eventually get to Nidavellir, and it's very dark, and seemingly it shouldn't be dark. Um, and they, they get there, and they kind of have, uh, they poke around a little bit, and they see a mold for uh, for an Infinity Gauntlet, which is the same as Thanos' one by the looks of it. And uh, Itiri then attracts, attacks them, and Itiri is a, he's a giant, basically. Mm-hmm. They call them, a, he's called a dwarf. But he's not a dwarf. He's a giant. He's a really big fucking dwarf. Yeah, he's huge. He's, I mean, he's three or four times the size of Thor. Like, easy. Absolutely massive. I was wondering if that was just the armor he was wearing. Because uh, in the later scenes, he seemed normal dwarf size. I think it's the way they shot it. Mm-hmm. And this this particular like set of scenes was actually the worst shot set scenes in the movie because of the way they did the force perspective stuff and I think it's the first time they've done something like this and they did it really badly because I did not believe for one second that Peter Dinklage was that tall at all <laughs> like there's no there's no way um, but like when you compare it to something like Lord of the Rings where they did loads and loads and loads of force perspective shots and they all looked bang on like you would totally believe that uh, Elijah Wood was like half the height of Ian McKellen when he's not at all. He's only like a few inches shorter. Um, but yeah, they did it really badly here. Like it was very noticeable that something funky was going on with the the with the special effects. 
it's, it's weird because like the special effects in the rest of the movie are phenomenal, and mm-hmm. this set of scenes was terrible. Yeah, there was something off. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the Atiri basically explains that the the gauntlet's capable of harnessing the power of the Infinity Stones and it can hold all six, and that Thanos basically forced him to make it for him and then killed all of his uh, all of his kin essentially. So it was something like three hundred dwarfs uh, Thanos killed and left him alive. And, and said that his life is his, but his hands belong to Thanos. And his hands are now, like, I don't know if they're encased in metal or stone or something like that, by the looks of it. Yeah, once again, it metal. was hard to see because the way it was shot and it was dark. Yep. And so back on Thanos' ship, uh, Nebula kills a guard, and she does a weird thing, actually, with... She kind of like lets her eye fall out, and the guard just walks over and like pops it back in. You'd think he would just leave it alone. Like she's all strung up there, and like bits of her are all over the place. Like you would just leave her. But, but anyway, the guy goes over, and she manages to kill him, and then uh, manages to send a message to Mantis to meet her on Titan. The donut ship with uh, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, and Spider-Man in it uh, then gets to Titan, and they try to land it and fail absolutely miserably. They cannot land a, <laughs> a spaceship to save their life. Um, Doctor Strange does, however, manage to save them with a force field. I think the problem with with these donut ships is that they actually are not supposed to land. Like They're just supposed to float right. and then beam you down. Yeah. I don't think that they realized that <laughs> so yeah Doctor Strange does though manage to save them with a with a force field and then something attacks them and it turns out to be uh, Peter Quill, Drax and Mantis and this is a, a funny scene mm-hmm. actually where they <laughs> where they where they have this fight because there's some good lines in amongst it like uh, like Peter saying to Mantis oh please don't uh, put your eggs on in me and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and Drax when he's getting smothered by uh, Doctor Strange's uh, cloak so you know die blanket of death <laughs> and, but yeah they eventually then realise that they're, they're actually all on the same side and also that they all know Thor which kind of brings them to their senses and gets them to start to work together because they're just wasting time here really it's um, their, it your, your mom's name was Martha too moment Mm-hmm. Yep. You know Thor? I know Thor. <laughs> and so back on uh, Nidal Valir, um we see we're introduced to the Stormbreaker mode, which is uh, a weapon which has not been made yet, but it's been designed to be made for uh, the Asgardian king, sort of, essentially. Um, however, the, the forge has uh, gone out because the the star has gone out essentially um so they would have to restart the forge by awakening the heart of a dying star so they need to do that um over on titan peter quill kind of like has this little gizmo and it tells him that titan is currently six degrees off its axis which i don't know what relevance that has to anything 
But I can't see why they would tell us if it wasn't relevant to anything. So I don't know what that's to do with. Yeah. Because we don't know why it's six degrees off its axis. Like, I mean, for it to be that, that's a huge, like, collision or force has, has happened onto that planet at some point. And we never found out what it was. <laughs> but that's a huge amount of, like, energy gone into that. So um, maybe it's something that will come back to, like, just that throw away one line um, or maybe it's something that they cut from the movie or is it something, more? something that's gonna be revealed in Captain Marvel uh, quite possibly yeah I mean yeah that's a space going movie so and maybe yeah maybe it does tie into that I mean I'm just thinking that now I wasn't thinking that mm. uh, when they said it but yeah I mean why do why bother mentioning that unless you're going to tie into it somewhere? Yep. Because then you could, could have not said that and like it would have made no difference to the movie whatsoever. And granted, as we all know, um, the, uh, you know, the MCU likes to plant future Easter eggs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Going back to Iron Man and Captain America and uh, 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 you know the Red Skull and things like that, mm, yeah. that uh, they could come back to at some point. But with with the only movies that we know so far, you would think that uh, that might be something that uh, is a. Uh, Call well a call forward to um, to Captain Marvel. Unless, uh-uh. unless they banged into it in Guardians Two and they were doing that mad thing. Mm. Remember how they went through all the the places? I'd have to go back and watch that to see if that happened. But I wouldn't have thought that would give enough force. Yeah. Nah. So yeah, I, I think your your thoughts probably more likely. I have a feeling it, it might lead to something there. Mm. Or it could be like one of these things that it'll be like a moment that we'll come back to maybe in in Endgame and like you'll see Peter see that again and it won't be off its axis. It'll be fine. Mm. Something to do with the time. Uh, maybe the time... Uh... If if they do what they say they're going to do, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the time tripping. Hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting one to to talk about how everything ties into everything from that movie. I suspect that show will be our longest show ever. <laughs> um. Any, anyway, um. Tony Stark has it's going to uh, be rivaling this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Stark has a plan that he wants to do, but um, Peter Quill reckons that he has a better plan because. Well, he's half human, so he is at least twice as smart as Tony Stark. <laughs> okay. The only problem with your... Yeah, no, I, I understand your plan, and yeah, it's a good plan except for one thing. It sucks. <laughs> and yeah, Piaqua wants to come up with his own plan, and, and Drax is like, oh, like, like, tell me about the time that you did the dance-off to save the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great callback to Guardians 1 when the, he literally did a dance-off to save the universe. And, and then, really uh, funny to put and, it like that. 
And in Spider-Man, you mean, you mean like in Footloose? Yeah, like it. Yeah, exactly. Is that still the greatest movie of all time? It never was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Footloose is Kevin Bacon, isn't it? Yes, it is. No. Yeah, yes, it, it is. is Kevin Bacon. Yeah, so that's that's how they know Kevin Bacon from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. There you go. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're trying to come up with a plan. However, over on the side, uh, Doctor Strange is using the time stone, and he, he kind of comes to and he reveals that he basically went forward in time in order to view all the outcomes of the conflict uh, of the coming conflict. And he tells them that there were there are fourteen million and like some other number different outcomes of this. And uh, Tony's like, well, okay, well, how many do we win? One. They win one out of 14 million. <laughs> I thought it was 16 million, but whatever. No, it's, de- it's definitely 14, but okay. it's 14 million and like such and such and such and such. I can't remember all the, yeah. all the numbers. And I didn't didn't write them down. Um, but yeah, so they, there's only one way for them to win, like which seems insane. Um. We then see over on uh, on this place Vormir, uh, Thanos and Gamora obviously going there to try and get the uh, the Soul Stone. Um, there's a shadowy figure there who greets them, and he kind of he kind of starts telling them like a little bit about what it is and the Soul Stone extracts a terrible price, and and then we get kind of closer and get to see his face, and it's the fucking Red Skull. Yeah, <laughs> the Red Skull is back. From Captain America, the first Avenger, and I did not see this coming at all. Like I thought this was death, because the the way mm-hmm. the cloak is and mm-hmm. and all that, and it's kind of shredded. And I'm like, okay, well, that's this is death. But then no, it's the fucking Red Skull. <laughs> uh, this this is probably the biggest holy shit moment in the whole movie for me when I saw this in in the theater. I'm like, blew, blew blew my mind. And there's some people that were in the cinema and they're like. You could hear them like whispering, like "Who's that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "It's Red Skull." I know you're not seen for a long time, but like, he's quite recognisable as the Red Skull. Um, different actor from uh, Hugo Weaving, but the guy I thought did a good job of doing the voice for him. So, no, no problem with that recasting. Especially as Hugo Weaving wasn't. Uh, I think he was asked to come back, and he said no. But yeah, so basically the, the Soul Stone will extract a terrible price and he reveals that he was banished uh, there by the Space Stone, which was the Tesseract, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did see this actually happen. Like, um, this The Tesseract opened up like a wormhole um, right at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, and he got kind of sucked into it. And you could see in that scene in the background there was like stars and things, so you yep. could see he was going to space. So that may have just ended like... We wouldn't. We might not necessarily have seen it, but it might have just just below the where the portal was. There might have been the ground that's here, and he's just ended up landing there. So the yeah, the the space space stone sent him away. Um, so he does also reveal that the stone requires a sacrifice uh, of a soul that you love in order to uh, to get it. And Gamora kind of starts laughing at him here, and. Uh, Thinks that thinks that he's screwed because well Thanos doesn't love anything or anyone, 
So he can't get this stone. It's impossible for him to do it. And Thanos sheds a tear. Thanos, yeah, Thanos cries. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, and yeah, it turns out that he does indeed, in his own weird, sort of fucked up way, love Gamora. So she realizes this and then tries to kill herself with the uh, the double sided knife, but Thanos turns it to bubbles. He likes bubbles, this Thanos <laughs> does. <laughs> like, he's he's got some sort of soft heart in there somewhere. So yeah, he turns it to bubbles and then he grabs her and throws her off of a cliff, killing her. So Gamora now dead. So that's us at three so kind of main characters killed already in this movie. Which I think is more than they've ever killed in any of the other movies. Yeah. Because they've only ever done really one or two before, and but yeah, there's three already. That's how it's, you know it's gone off the rails. And so he he then receives the stone, kind of wakes up in like a puddle, and uh, he's got the stone in his hand, puts it on the gauntlet. Um, Cap and the the others on the Quinjet uh, finally get to Wakanda, and uh, we see Black Panther and uh, Okoye go to greet them, and uh, Okoye's kind of like, well. This isn't really what I'm. What I was expecting when you opened up Wakanda's borders, and he's like, well, "What did you want?" And she's like, "Oh, I wanted the Olympics or yeah, Starbucks." Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, why haven't you done this? Why are you bringing all this danger here? Well, I was waiting for Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. The, then uh, Bucky reunites with Cap, and kind of nice little moment. And uh, they they kind of work out that Shuri can undo the stone, which is bound to Vision, but it has two trillion attachments to it, so she needs quite a bit of time in order to do this. Um, and she kind of actually berates Banner for the way that they uh, attached it to Vision, <laughs> which I thought was really funny, because uh, you would think that Banner was smarter than Shuri because he is older and like we've seen him as being like disrespected scientist. And like we've only kind of seen brief flashes of Shuri so far, but she has a much better way of how to do these things than what Banner does, which is, I think, quite incredible. <laughs> Why didn't you just blah, 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 blah? Because yeah, we didn't think of it. Yeah. Anyway, it was him and Tony Stark, like two of the smartest minds in the world, mm-hmm. like that came up with this idea and they never thought to do that. Like Shuri's just like, oh, did that? And they're like, oh... Well, they were under a bit of uh, stress and, you know, time crunch with Ultron running around. Yep. That is true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she needs some time. So they, they basically need to try to buy her some time. And uh, Wakanda has, like, a big force field around it. So there's a little bit of protection there for them. Um However, these kind of like big pyramid things get sent down to Wakanda from space, and w- one of them like gets sent down and lands right on top of the dome and explodes, and then a few more end up just on the outside of the of the dome. Uh, Black Panther tells the people to evacuate the city, engage the defenses, and get this man a shield. And I'm disappointed that they did not give him like an actual Captain America shield. 
Like, yeah, he does get his, like, uh, it's alright, but, like, they, I mean, they could have had some cool-ass shield, like, kicking about there. Like, the shield is made of vibranium. The vibranium came from Wakanda. Like, why don't they have a Captain America shield thing here? What is going on? I'm going to say it's very similar to his, the shield that he uh, wielded as Nomad. Maybe, and, and you know, I would be kind of cooler if they if they just gone back to his original shield. Because like I didn't like mm -hmm. the shield at all that he had. Because you can't throw it. It's just. No, I agree. Can't do anything with it. Um. So yeah, back in uh, Nerevalia, uh, Thor and Rocket tried to refire the star, and uh, they do kind of manage it, but then it it basically stops after a, a few seconds. So they work out that Thor needs to hold open the uh, the iris of this mechanism thing in order to uh, to fire the forge, which um, Atiri tells him is basically going to kill him if he does it. Um, still in, uh, back in Wakanda, uh, Banner is now inside the Hulkbuster suit because obviously he's unable to turn into Hulk for whatever reason right now. So... Tony kind of makes him into the Hulk by putting him in the Hulkbuster suit, which it looks a little bit scratched up already. So Tony's obviously not redone it really since, uh, mm. or not fully redone it anyway since Age of Ultron. And uh, two, of the, two of the children of Thanos are they are ready to attack. Um, M'Baku, the Dorum, and, and his people, uh, the Dorum Malaji as well, and the Avengers that are there prepare to defend Wakanda from them. And the children then summon a massive army of alien-looking things to attack the protective dome. And some of these manage to get through it and others kind of try to circle around. See these things when you saw them? Starship troopers? <laughs> okay, that's not what I thought of. Um, I, thought of I thought of two things. First thing I thought of was these are... Symbiotes. That's another thing. Yep, I could see that. And uh, the second thing I thought of was uh, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it kind of reminded me of Gene Steelers from the uh, from the Warhammer universe. That I'm not familiar with. Yeah, if anyone listening is is familiar with Warhammer stuff, they they look a bit like Gene Steelers. But the second I saw them, I was like, these are symbiotes. This is cool. This is going to bring in Venom and tie all that. In. <laughs> Because obviously this is before Venom came out and, and whatnot. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to explain how Venom gets here and all this without Spider-Man's involvement. That's great. Uh, and they're, but they're not symbiotes. They're some other species. Which is very disappointing. Because, I mean, they could have easily made them think symbiotes. Like. But they don't have the licensing. That license belongs to somebody else. Spider-Man's in this movie. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't look like Nomad had any type of shield, really. No, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing these things, like, coming and attacking the dome and, like, them being able to sort of squeeze bits of themselves through and then being able to squeeze some of the some of themselves through. It's very strange. Um, so, yeah... Uh, after they see the some of them try to circle around, they realize that well, if, they, if a big chunk of them manage to get around and then get through, then they'll be able to get to uh, vision unobstructed. So 
Black Panther decides that they should drop a small section of the barrier down in order to basically funnel the aliens into them, which is a smart strategy, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then we get the, we get the Wakanda Forever moment. Wakanda Forever, um, with everybody, and then a massive, massive battle ensues, which continues on for a good chunk of the rest of the movie. <laughs> Is a big long battle, and it reminded me actually of uh, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Okay. It was like a battle that just keeps going and keeps mm-hmm. going. It's a good battle though, like really good. Especially because it's like sort of orky goblin looking things fighting against people, and elves and things. Um. So back in uh, Nidavellir, Thor opens the iris, which refires the forge, and uh, Tiri manages to forge the weapon. And however, Thor is in a bad, bad state by the time they've finished doing this. He's basically burnt to a crisp. Um, and he essentially needs the axe in order to live. Um, I'm not quite sure how we maybe channel power through it or something. Um, uh, the axe is kind of in like two bits. And Itiri runs off to try to find the handle. You'd have thought he would have prepared this. Like while Thor was... Because I mean, Thor spent a good few minutes like refiring that forge. Mm-hmm. And Atiri was just sitting about. He could have been like getting the handle ready and getting everything set so that as soon as it was all ready to go, he could just put it together. But no, but he no. just sat, sat on his ass. Um, but yeah, so he, whilst he's doing that, uh, Groot takes it upon himself, and he, this is the first thing Groot actually has, has done in the movie of any consequence, apart from sit about and play video games. Um, so Groot kind of grows his ha- his arm longer and binds the hammer together with his arm and then cuts his own arm off to form a handle for it. Which was pretty cool, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, having a Groot arm is like the handle for this axe. I like that, yeah. But it also means that uh, Groot was worthy enough to lift Stormbringer. Well, I guess it doesn't have the same mystical enchantment as Mjolnir. I'm yeah, that's true. Because I think it was, yeah, Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Odin that put that enchantment onto Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, because it's the inscription it says about those who be worthy and whatnot. Or maybe he is worthy, and he didn't really lift it. He kind of just dragged. No, no, he did lift it. Sorry, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. But yeah, so maybe it's just the Odin thing. Um, so yeah, the Wakanda battle rages on, and the uh, the children manage to break through the dome. Um, by this point, Thor arrives with uh, Rocket and Groot in tow, and uh, starts killing all the all the alien symbiote things. Well, they're not symbiotes, but the non symbiotes. Um, and says, oh, "Bring me Thanos." And, and right at that point, we see Thanos like warp in somewhere, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, he's come straight away." But no, he's on Titan. <laughs> Thanos has warped into Titan. And he is confronted by Doctor Strange. Whilst the others that are on Titan, um, which is Tony Stark, uh, Peter Quill, Mantis, Drax, um, and Spider-Man, lay in waiting. And Thanos shows Doctor Strange a kind of vision using the reality stone of what Titan used to look like. And it was like a really nice looking kind of green pasture place. And all the people seemed happy. Uh, however, he does reveal that the uh, 
basically the population was all starving and his solution was to kill half the people and then the other half would uh, survive and thrive. Um, however, the other people, presumably he was like a councillor or something like that, um, or like some kind of politician um, or someone in high up, enough, high up enough government to be, have his voice heard anyway. Um, but the other people didn't like his plan and called him a madman and all this, which, which he totally is. Um, and so he didn't do it. And the planet failed, and now there's nobody left there. They're seemingly all dead. So yeah. this is where his uh, kind of deep-seated thing of killing half the universe comes from. Like, well, if I'd just done that, my planet would be fine. Like, uh, like half of those people would still be alive, and the planet would be all right. It wouldn't be absolutely wrecked like it is. Um. So yeah, he. He basically says that after he kills half of the universe, then he will rest. And now that they know the plan, it's time to attack Thanos. So we then see a fight between Thanos, uh, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Quill, uh, Drax, and uh, and eventually Gamora as well. Uh, not Gamora, uh, Nebula, sorry. Yeah. Um, this is a cool fight scene, actually. Yeah. And Probably almost better than the bit. Wakanda one, I think. Yeah, I would agree because I mean the Wakanda ones is just a big, it's a big battle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nothing that we've not seen before. Like I say, in Two Towers and other movies like mm-hmm. that, where there's a lot, a lot of kind of inconsequential enemies fighting against people like heroes that we know and uh, and cannon fodder essentially with some of the, some of those uh, Wakandan people who we, we don't know their names or anything like that. Um, and then you end up with like bigger like war machines and all that sort of stuff coming in. Not not roadie, like I mean, natural, literal, like war machines, like these big wheels and things. And um, but this fight, yeah, this fight was really cool, um, because it's everybody using everything they've got mm-hmm. and all their every trick in the book uh, to try to to stop Thanos. Um, so like you get you get Doctor Strange's cape going onto his fist. Um, there's a really cool combo between Spider-Man and Doctor Strange where uh, Doctor Strange is using like various portals to chuck Spider-Man in and about Thanos and like have him attack him using these portals. Really cool. Um, Nebula, magic. More magic. Uh, yeah. It's magic. Ne- <laughs> yeah. uh, Nebula uh, arrives in amongst this and just crashes her ship straight into Thanos and starts fighting him. Um, and then everybody attacks at the same time and basically trying to, to pull the gauntlet off. Um, so whilst the, the other guys are trying to kind of tie him down, um, Mantis jumps on his head and sort of mm-hmm. subdues him a bit whilst uh, Tony Stark and Spider-Man try to pull his gauntlet off which seems to be a relatively effective tactic actually you and, would uh, think Peter Quill, it should... yeah you would think so so Peter Quill uh, pops back up at this point having been thrown away earlier in the fight scene um, and he asks Thanos where Gamora is and Thanos kind of is reluctant to ask him to answer at first but uh, Mantis is like oh he's feeling a lot of pain and suffering um, and he asks again and uh, basically Thanos tells him that he had to kill her and this makes Peter Quill mad and he punches Thanos and ruins 
life in the universe for everyone. <laughs> yes, and uh, the Russos have uh, acknowledged that Peter Quill fucked everything up. He did, yes. Because if he just hadn't punched there, like Spider-Man and Tony Stark were literally about to get the gauntlet off of of Thanos, and they wouldn't have been able they would have been able to stop him at that point. But because Quill punched Thanos, that fucked everything up. <laughs> yep. And because Thanos then snaps out of it and wakes up, and manages to grab the gauntlet back, keep it on, and toss everyone off him. Uh, meanwhile, the the Wakanda battle continues. Um, we see Cap has copied Thor's beard, um, and <laughs> Groot is uh, Groot is there, obviously as well. And he says, "I am Groot," and uh, Cap says, "Oh, I am Steve Rogers." <laughs> and then, yeah, like I say, those these new kind of like wheel machine things mm-hmm. uh, start to attack. Um, which I, I, I don't know what they are, but like. Big wheel machine thing looking things, um, and uh, this prompts Scarlet Witch to jump in and start to help out in the fight as well. And um, when the children of Thanos see this, one of them manages to, I'm not sure which one it was, um, Cor- Corvus, I think it was, um, he gets into the lab and attacks Shuri and then gets to vision and ends up grabbing him and jumping out a window with him. A uh, banner arrives in the Hulk suit to uh to help Vision um, fight off this guy. And uh, Hulk still does not show up. Although he does, his head does turn into the Hulk. Yes. No! Yeah, which was strange. <laughs> if, if, like, if it is Loki, I think it's even stranger that he's, he managed to turn his head into the Hulk, like, for sizing. But the, the helmet didn't expand in any way, and you wouldn't have mm. thought, like, Tony would have had that much room in the helmet to have the Hulk's head, so maybe it's just a kind of illusion type thing. Could be. I don't know. We'll find we'll find that out in the next movie, I imagine, or maybe in the Loki TV show. <laughs> and one of his armor arms gets cut off—not his real arm, but the armor arm. Mm-hmm. He gets cut off and falls on the ground, and he ends up uh, rolling about on the floor and uh, fighting with uh, the bigger guy. So whatever that whatever that guy's name was, the big chunky one, Obsidian Cole or something like that. Yeah, um, and he ends up uh, grabbing the arm and attaching that onto his arm, and kind of files it into the roof of the dome, which explodes him and kills him. Finally, uh, Widow and Scarlet Witch, um, along with the Koye, fight off and then manage to kill the. Uh, the girl Proxima Midnight with uh, by running her over with one of the wheel things that happened to be going by. Uh, I thought that fight scene was a bit kind of shit because it was really short. Mm. <laughs> it's like did 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 dead. Like okay, <laughs> that's that's that done. Uh, and then Cap manages to save uh, the Vision from the the last one, which that one was Corvus. Uh, and then Vision manages to kill this guy with his own spear. So they've took out all the children of Thanos now. That was the last one they're all dealt with. Um, now back on Titan, uh, we see another really cool segment of this battle, which was uh, basically Doctor Strange versus Thanos in a kind of reality battle. 
where it reminded me very much of like the Doctor Strange movie when he has mm-hmm. the big kind of fight with Dormammu and there's all sorts of weird shit happening everywhere um, where they're throwing all these mad powers at each other um, and you do get that iconic scene of like Doctor Strange making hundreds and hundreds of copies of himself mm-hmm. and then Thanos just taking them all out <laughs> He's like, well, you made hundreds. I'll just shoot hundreds of like lightning bolt things at you and take them all out, and I'll get the right one. Like, okay, I mean that sort of move works well against someone with a gun, like because they're not going to know which one to shoot. But not so much against Thanos. Kill them all, like God decide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have killed half of those Doctor Strangers and left the other half alive. That would be the Thanos and, way. Yeah. Uh, and then Iron Man dives in and throws absolutely everything that he has at Thanos. Um, every every bit of power that he has in his suit, he uses. Uh, and he manages to draw basically one single drop of blood from Thanos. And Thanos kind of like berates him for it. Well, look, you've just, you've what else have you got? Like, you've chucked everything at me and there's just for one drop of blood. Uh, and Thanos then absolutely battles him. And destroying segments of the armor, and, and they start to not grow back. Um, I think he's running out of like the nano bot mm-hmm. things that are in his and his suit. Because um, assumably, once they're once they're wrecked, that's them. They fall off. Um, and he eventually manages to end up uh, stabbing Tony in the side. Um, Doctor Strange at this point then offers to give Thanos the uh, the time stone. If he spares Tony, what are you doing? The whole, like, this confused me because the whole beginning of the movie was Doctor Strange saying he's, he needs to protect the Time Stone. That's his whole purpose. And uh, if, like, he he said literally he wouldn't do this. <laughs> he's like, if it comes down to you and the Time Stone, I'm saving the Time Stone. Don't care about you. So why has he changed his tune? Because in the four, I think this has something. This is all part of the plan. Oh yeah, yeah, I th- I think so too. Um, but I think it's really interesting to kind of like to look at it from that because if you take it at face value, mm-hmm. like it's crazy. Like okay, you're like you're saving your your quote unquote friend who you've just met today for the first time, and who you said you wouldn't save earlier. Um, he's obviously changed his mind because he likes Tony now. I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they did this. Um. But yeah, so he pulls it out of thin air and then gives it to Thanos. And Thanos says, one to go. Uh, Quill then jumps in and attacks Thanos again and Thanos warps out. And Quill says, oh, did we just lose? No, Peter Quill, we lost as soon as you punched him. You douche. <laughs> you douche. Um, it's, I think it's funny as well that uh, Chris Pratt got a lot of uh, stick for this mm-hmm. on social media. Like a hell of a lot, and like every time he posts, like he still gets like shit about it, <laughs> which is funny because it's just a character that he's playing in the movie. But uh, people have taken it to heart because he did this. Um, so yeah, Tony, Tony then kind of stitches himself up because um, obviously he got he got stabbed, and uh, Doctor Strange says we're in the end game now, which is not till the next movie, Doctor Strange, <laughs> but okay. And back at Wakanda, you, well, you, I, you know, and that's that's when I said that's the. I actually, uh, I think, whispered to my wife. I said that's the name of the next movie. 
Nice. I really didn't think it was going to be that. Like, I, I don't particularly like that as a title for a movie. Mm. And I would have rather it was something totally different, where they dealt with the Thanos thing within the first half an hour and then we moved on to something else. But it does not look like that is what's going to happen at all. It's, in fact, the complete opposite of that. The entire movie is... It's Infinity War Part 2. Like, they should have just co- left it called that, because that's what it is. I agree. For, from seeing... Obviously, mm. I haven't seen the trails and stuff like that now. Unless they've done some crazy bait-and-switch stuff, which I don't think they have. Um, so, back in Wakanda, Scarlet Witch uh, manages to find uh, Vision, who starts to feel that Thanos is there. And uh, we do indeed see him warp in in front of the Battle of the Avengers. Uh, he phases Banner into a wall and then easily pretty much bypasses everyone else, including Cap. Who You get that cool scene where Cap's mm. like holding him off for a few seconds. And, and Thanos seems like kind of impressed by it because obviously Cap's just a normal sort of human. Mm-hmm. He's not a wizard. He's got no magic. And he's just a... I mean, he's, he's super enhanced by a serum, but still, he's and he doesn't have like a magic suit of armor, oh, not magic, a, a technological suit of armor or anything like that. He's just a guy, and I think Thanos is actually quite impressed that he's managing to hold him off. But again, he does only last for a few seconds. And so Vision tells uh, Scarlet Witch that they're out of time, and that she has to destroy him to save half the universe. So she then uses her power to hold off Thanos, whilst she blows up the stone inside Vision's head. And she does manage to succeed with this and cause like a big explosion. And uh, Thanos tells her that he understands and he sympathises with her. However, he then just uses the time stone to bring back Vision Mm -hmm. and then takes the stone from him out of his head, um, which turns him kind of grey and lifeless. Because he obviously ripped it out and he didn't bother doing any of the neuroscience stuff. Um, he knocks out Wanda and then completes the gauntlet. Um, however, just before he can actually do anything with it, Thor dives down from out of nowhere and attacks him and embeds his hammer into Thanos' chest. And it looks like he's managed to kill Thanos, but not quite. He should have gone for the head. It's the second time somebody fucked up trying to kill Thanos. Like, How about the arm? He shouldn't have. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or just chop the gauntlet off. Yeah, that would have been fine as well. Um, but yeah, so he should have gone for the head and actually killed Thanos. Um, and at this point, Thanos snaps his fingers. And we, we, see, we see Thanos in a kind of watery place with uh, Kid Gamora. And he tells her that he did succeed in what he was doing, but it cost everything, which obviously he's talking about her. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing back in the kind of real world and not this vision, we see that the gauntlet is absolutely wrecked. The amount of power that's just gone through it is uh, being wild. Uh, Thanos then warps away and looks, looks quite injured, but the uh, Thor's axe does stay behind. And you can you get it from the second he came back, he got a different, totally different vibe in this movie. Like it was quiet and eerie, mm. and like he vanished away. And then you're know, like, 
something's not right here. Something's going to happen. And indeed, something does start to happen. So uh, we see Cat burn over to Bucky and then Bucky just turns to ash. Like, dust. Nothing. Um, and we also see many uh, many of the Wakandas turn into ash. Um, we also see Black Panther, Groot, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, all turn to ash. Which was quite upsetting. <laughs> Especially Groot. Like, that was very sad. Yeah. Groot and Rocket. Uh, and then... Or not yep. Rocket. No, no Rocket. No, Ro- Rocket's okay. Yeah. Rocket's fine. Um, and then over on Titan, uh, we see Mantis start to feel it. And Mantis, Drax, and Peter Quill all turn to dust. Uh, Doctor Strange then says, there was no other way. And then turns to dust. So you may be right about him, this being his plan all along, the one way that they that they win. And then Spider-Man says, I don't feel so good. And then turns to dust. So the only people that are left on Titan now are Nebula and Tony Stark. Uh, back on Earth, they, we see that the Vision is just basically a husk. And it's interesting here to this scene. So like Vision's a husk, uh, but outside of that, it's basically the original Avengers that are left. Yeah. Because you have Captain America, Black Widow, uh, Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk, and Thor. And then you've also got Rhodey there, who is kind of standing in for Iron Man. So that's pretty much an OG Avengers lineup there, because mm-hmm. you do have an Iron Man there. Um, Thanos goes into retirement. He's done. Like, he's gone to live on a farm. Um, and and he, he's got his uh, scarecrow armor. Yes. And for those that never read the comic book, that is a scene taken directly out of the comic book. Yep. That uh, he re- retired to whatever planet, puts his far- his uh, armor on a scarecrow in the field. And, uh, you know, that that was kind of the quote-unquote end of that chapter of the story. Yeah, and, and I think they did a good job of kind of representing this year. Um, we can see that he's, by the way, he's moving in that. He's, he is either a bit hurt or very, very tired. And he's also no longer wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. Seemingly its power is spent and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so then we see the Scarecrow armor, and that's the end of the movie. Like... What a depressing fucking ending for a movie that is. Um, we do have the uh, the after credit scene, which is a very interesting one, um, which we'll, which I'll go through and then we can talk about mm. what we think of this movie overall. So in the after credit scene, Nick Fury comes back, and as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, holy shit! And then I heard um, Maria Hill's voice as well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and this is probably the other holy shit moment of the movie. Um, and they kind of discuss events that were happening in Wakanda, New York, and I'm like, yes, this is brilliant. Nick Fury, Maria Hill, we're gonna get, um, we're gonna get stuff happening here, and the, this will tie them back into uh, the the newer movies that are gonna be coming out. And it's great to have the sh- the Shield side of it back in back in play in the movies. And then people start to disappear as as they do. Um, a helicopter crashes. Obviously, the pilot must have dusted. And then Maria Hill turns to dust. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you just brought Maria Hill back after like four movies of no Maria Hill and then killed her off. Okay. 
and then some other civilians start to disappear too. And Fury realizes that something really bad is happening, so he pulls out uh, an old style like nineties pager and uh, pushes a button on it to send a signal. But he then also turns to dust. Mother. F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says mother. F- like as he's turned to dust, which is really funny. Um, and on, but then we kind of zoom into the pager and we see that is the uh, Captain Marvel low on the pager. So he's obviously paged Captain Marvel. Um, and in, it, just in the, the very last, like, it's not the scene of the movie, but in the very last kind of pain of the movie, mm. when normally it would say Captain America will return, Iron Man will return, the Avengers will return, it says Thanos will return. Yes. This is Thanos' movie. Thanos is the hero. He saved the day. He saved the universe by he killing saved, half. He saved the universe by killing half. Which is a wild thought, but but yeah, what a depressing ending to this movie! <laughs> Holy shit! But what what did you expect? I mean, you've read it the is, story. I I have yeah, and and I mean, it is kind of what I expected up until like the I didn't expect them to do that with the after credits. I thought the after credits would give hope, and okay, the Captain Marvel thing yeah it is, but I I was really disappointed that they killed Maria Hill and Nick Fury off in this, like. Out of all the people that they killed, like I was okay with until they killed Maria Hill and Nick Fury. I was not happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was it, it was really interesting to like come out of the movie theater and like everyone's reaction was all like, oh. "You're numb." Yeah, you totally are because you've just seen characters that you've been with for like some of them actually ten years. Uh, be killed off in like the snap of a finger, and the deaths didn't feel the deaths didn't feel justified or earned in it. Like because like normally when you've seen someone die, it's been like in a heroic act or they've mm. turned out to be a villain or like that sort of thing. And it's been it's made the deaths have made sense, but this it just felt so brutal because they killed. Not even because they killed so many. It's just because the the way they killed them was just like ah dead, dead, dead snap. <laughs> wild <laughs> but yeah a lot of people like have compared this movie to uh, Empire Strikes Back yes. to, like the middle of a trilogy of movies yes. sort of thing yes and it totally is that it's like it's the depressing one and then hopefully the next movie will be the one that kind of brings it back and uplifts it and uh, like I like Return of the Jedi best out of all of the Star Wars movies so I- I'm f- I'm fully expecting Endgame <laughs> to be my favourite of the Avengers movies <laughs> But we'll see. Um, but yeah, what a great movie overall. Um, is what? What did you think? Um. Okay, I've seen this movie three times. I've fallen asleep three times. Um. Fortunately, at different spots. Um. And that has nothing to do with the movie. It's. Uh, I get tired, and I get tired at weird times, and all of a sudden I just go. Um, I also don't think I can sit through. I can. I, I last about an hour, and then I just usually f- nod off unless it's I'm e- extremely tired. So that has nothing to do with it. Uh, watching it again today, like I said, I was picking up on a ton of things that I missed the first time, especially in dialogue. 
Mm, definitely. Uh, there were scenes that I had not seen the first time that I was unaware of or the second time. So the, uh, the, uh, that was interesting. I honestly think I am going to try and sit through the movie again before uh, Endgame comes out. Hmm. Um, and I, I had a coffee with me today, too, just FYI. <laughs> um, but um, going back and watching it again, first of all, like I said, um, for some reason, I thought the movie looked far superior on my 65-inch television in 4K than it did in the movie theater. It really, I mean, things just popped. And maybe Definitely. that, the, may, you know, maybe it's just uh, 4K is that superior. You know, and I usually go and see them in 3D or hmm. at least in IMAX. And, um, you know, you would think that the, you know, at least the IMAX quality would be better than, uh, you know, what's on the Blu-ray. It wasn't. I mean, it was just, I mean, stunning. Um, and I, I, I'm not usually someone to gush about things like that. My co-host on the B team, Fred, is a 4K whore. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would agree with that as yeah, well. <laughs> oh, yes. He would completely cop to it. Um you know, uh, and he gets into the, you know the all the texts on that. It was just like this; just looks absolutely stunning. But I was also picking up on little bits of uh, dialogue that uh, I missed the first time, the first two times. A yeah. uh, little, you know, just little, you know, just there are so many little, uh, and I'm not going to even call them Easter eggs. It's more. Um, call outs like the you know like the kevin bacon and Fo footloose thing we just figured that out here yep. um <laughs> but uh you know or the 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 ben and jerry's bit all that stuff just the first couple times i just never picked up on um the story the story um for it's a, it's a very long movie. I think it's what two hours forty minutes, something like that. Um, yeah, something like that. It, you know, they had a lot to cover. Uh, they, you know, certain things were skipped, or certain things needed movies of their own. Um, especially the Xandar thing. Um, mm -hmm. The. Yeah the you know that we didn't see the battle for thor for asgard mm. um, oh on the ship yeah, yeah on the, the ship yeah I, I thought that was weird actually the, the way they did that because you would i would have liked to see thor try to fight off against Thanos that first time and we didn't see that at all no, but I mean, I can understand. I can I can understand for time purposes, cut why they started where they did, and it it, it makes for a very uh, foreboding uh, beginning. Mm. 
before the movie. Yep, so much death. There's so much death in that yeah. movie overall. Unreal um, amounts of death. You know, and I would say the first half of the movie um, is fairly lighthearted. I mean, you know, there's a you know there's a lot of great dialogue. There's a lot of great banter. We've we've commented on a lot of that, and then the shit gets real. And I think yeah. <laughs> kind of the turning point of the movie is the death of Gamora. I think after that, it all starts uh, building to the end. I'm okay. Yes, we've killed Heimdall. Yes, we've killed Loki. Maybe. Lo- <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, Loki is a bigger you know bigger deal than Heimdall in my mind. Yep, yeah, me too. Killing Gamora, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, Loki, while being a f- done by Tom Hiddleston fantastically through four or five movies now, um, yep. you know, he's still a villain, you know, more or less, however you want to see him. Um, Gamora, you know, she, she's a founding member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. One of my favorites, um, you know, Star Lord's girlfriend. Uh, that was whole, a, a, and Thanos's daughter, and it, it 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 affects him for the rest of the movie too. It does, yeah. Um, and then you know, it just goes from there, and then um, you know, we still get a little lighthearted bits on Titan with uh, uh, Peter Parker and Doctor Strange. I, I, I love the dynamic between Parker and Strange. I think that uh, is something that I would like to see carried on in future movies. Um, you know, I don't, the Tony, Star, Tony Stark being the um, surrogate father to Peter Parker just has never run uh, right with me. Um, but, uh, you know, this, I don't think this was my favorite Avengers movie. I think this is, I think this is an awesome movie. I Mm. think, uh, you know, it, it obviously affects the the universe itself and just you know like i said you leave the theater numb <laughs> totally but at this you know and you know it's a it's a downer of a movie you've just killed mm. half the universe um and and we only got to see really like a small portion of the fallout from that and like because obviously the the portions we saw like in titans hardly anyone there it's only the people that we know, um, and Wakanda. It's all the people that have been fighting in the battle anyway. Um, they were all, some of them were like injured and stuff like that as well. But then you don't kind of get the real feel for it until you see the innocent people mm-hmm. in New York in that after credit scene. And it's, it's, I think it's almost like a bit of a disservice putting that as just the after credit stinger, because like that's where you see the real carnage going on of like what would actually happen in the world if this were to happen mm. so like that's with that helicopter crashing and stuff like that you're going to get that with like planes that are in mid-air and stuff like that as well with the pilots turned to dust and that's going to be affected all over the world um 
So like how many planes crashed because of that? How many cars crashed? How many uh, ferries and uh, all, all the rest of like trains and, and whatnot? And like, how many people died as a result of one person being dusted that was in control of something at the time? I would think like, that's where you start Endgame. Yeah. You have to show the aftermath of this uh, this event. And I mm-hmm. think that's where you start. Um, yep. Oh, I did hear one other news story uh, that I want that we need to mention before we uh, okay. wrap this up. But um, you know, I and I think it. While I this movie is absolutely spectacular and does a decent representation of. Infinity War, as best as you can do in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because you only have maybe two dozen characters to work with versus the entire uh, 616 universe. Um, you know, it, it did a great job of the story, and it, I mean, it, it's, it's a fantastic movie. But, um, A... The battles, I you know, you go back and you watch either Avengers 1 or uh, Age of Ultron. Those battles were better. You think so? Like, I, I, I you know, they're... I liked the, I, the action, the, uh, you know, the way they worked as a team. Here, hmm. you know, you had an army. Mm-hmm. With uh, and uh, it, it wasn't as much of a team as much as it was an army. And then you have the ba- the Battle of Thanos on Titan, which was a, a better battle, which you and I both was, said. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just, you know, it was just Thanos. It didn't have that epic scope of uh, you know, like the Avengers in the Circle in Age of Ultron. Uh, when they're about to take on uh, all the Ultrabots, or uh, uh, the Battle of New York, where they were taking on, you know, the Chitari and their giant snake thingies. It just, um, those battles were a lot more, you know, just were a lot more interesting, I guess, is the best way to put it. And the, fa- and the other thing is, they lost! <laughs> lost, yeah. And so, you know, I maybe that has something to do with it, but um, I don't know. I just, you know, like those big snaky things going through uh, the the streets of New York and the way they attacked them, and then uh, the age, you know, like I said, the Age of Ultron stuff, and and Quicksilver dying in that battle, and uh, just the way it just the way they were filmed and the way they played out, they were better battle scenes than uh, Age of Ult- or Infinity War. So, you know, and maybe it's because in those, in those movies, they won. This one, from a story standpoint, this one probably is better than those, although I really did like Age of Ult- I li- I liked all three of Avengers movies. Let's just leave it at that. But um, 
you know, and this is this is the Avengers Empire Strikes Back. I think that I, I think I've used that analogy. You you've used it tonight. Um, yep. You know, we we need our Revenge of the Jedi, which will be in April. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> so maybe you lose that one as well. So uh, I th- and well, I was reading something earlier uh, that, uh, and it, it turned out to be a, uh, an old October article, but at a Comic Con in uh, in October, Elizabeth Olsen said, uh, "It gets worse." It probably does get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Which. Yeah, I mean, you have to you deal with the aftermath. May you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But uh, we know coming out of uh, Endgame, there are characters that aren't going to be coming back. Yep, and it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, the, you know. Uh, Chris Helmsworth has said he wants. I think he wants to do more Thor movies. We know Chris Evans is done. He has no interest in coming back right now. Nope. Um, Robert Downey. Uh, well, you throw another zero on, and he's he's willing to do pretty much anything. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, you know. Yes, I liked the movie. It it it, it affected me. It left me. You know, and the other thing is, I got to see this movie twice with two very different sets of people. Um, the first time I saw it with my wife and my mom, and my, uh, you know, and my mom has now, she's pretty much seen every uh, Marvel movie since Guard- Guardians One. Um, so she kind of knew the characters and she was asking a lot of questions and, uh, she, but everybody died and, you know, um, (laughs) and then I got to see it with, uh, my two nephews. I don't know if, uh, my niece came with us or not for that. I might've said, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Um, but, um, and, you uh, unfortunately, uh, one of my nephews is kind of cyborg, he, uh, kind of a cyborg. He's here, yeah, but they'll all be back in uh, the follow up in the sequel. You know, <laughs> he's just me. Uh, so, uh, but you know, they, you know, I, the younger one, I think, w- uh, was very upset that all these characters turned to dust. Yeah, my like I, I went to see it with my daughter, and every time a character died, like not not Heimdall or, or Loki, she wasn't like too upset when they died. When Gamora died, though, she was really upset. And then uh, when they just started killing everybody off at the end, like every time someone died, she's like, <gasps> like <laughs> audible gasps. Um, yeah, it was brutal, and she did not expect it to be like that going in. Whereas, like, obviously, none of us did. No, no. Well, I mean, we've read the books. We kind of know we we know that that's what Thanos's end goal was, and we kind of assumed that he would probably get to some sort of aspect of that, like doing doing the snap. 
Um, I didn't know that we'd necessarily see it in this movie, though. I thought it would just snap and like the movie would end. And, and leave it up to us who we thought died in that. But I think the way they did the movie, like the end, he was actually better. And given those characters, like, deaths like that. Um, they kind of ruined it a little bit since then with the Spider-Man trailers and shit like that. But, like, oh, Spider-Man, like, he's here. Like, he turned to dust. How is he here? Like, I think that's a weird marketing move, but... Alright, uh... Yeah, I, uh... I see... Yeah, I mean, that's... Dumb. It's stupid. It's like, they they just shouldn't have killed him. Like, why bother killing him? Like, if if you're gonna just show that he's not dead in this new trailer for this movie and not bother to explain it, you should just have left him alive. I don't think it ruins anything because, well, we all, because it, there, it, it wasn't a secret that there wasn't, there's a, you know, the Spider-Man uh, sequel was coming and, it, you know, it's already on the books. It's scheduled for July 4th weekend. And uh, so, you know, they weren't spoiling anything because everyone knew that uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was coming out in July. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but uh, mm. at the same time, it's uh, hmm. let's uh, they 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 can get away with that. But what what I meant when I said uh, we you know we knew that character the, some characters were going to die, we didn't expect it to be the wholesale slaughter that it was. <laughs> You know, I, exp- you know, I, ex- I, you know, first Gamora, like I said, one of my favorite uh, uh, guardians. It was like, whoa, holy shit! But then at the end, you know, first you see Bucky, and then I don't remember. Then I think it might have been uh, uh, ok- uh, Okoye or Sh- Sh- Shuri. Actually, I think Shuri survived. Uh, yeah, Okoye and Shuri. Well, we don't know about Shuri, but Okoye definitely survived. Okay. Um, but, you know, then you see the panther go. Then you see, uh, and I'm not doing this, I'm not, I don't have the order in, you know, down, but uh, then you see Falcon fade out. Then, uh, mm. you know, uh, you see Groot go. And then, uh, and, and it's, when does it end? And then after yeah. they uh, wipe out two thirds of the characters um, on Earth, they go up and uh, to Titan, and we see uh, Mantis and the, and Peter Quill and Drax and Peter Parker uh, all all fade out. It was like you know it, it was just. I knew there were going there were going to be some characters that died. I just didn't expect it to be this many, mm. and it was just. I, and I think that was the jarring. Um, that that's what made it so jarring. Yeah. No. Definitely. Because while you expected, yeah, okay, they're going to kill a couple of characters, we didn't expect them to kill two thirds of the cast. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, and, and I mean, it's just a, uh, you know, it's just, and, and the characters that were killed, not only from being great characters, but you also have the fact that uh, so, some of the most powerful and um, probably the most needed characters uh, are gone. Doctor Strange. You yeah, know, Doctor you, Strange is the, the the big one. Like he seemed to know what was going on, and then to have him killed off, you're like, well, who's guiding us through this journey now? Exactly. Um, so it's you know you're just uh, so I mean it was just how, how do you recover from this? And that's what April uh, April twenty fourth. You know, can't get here soon enough. Yeah, I cannot wait to see this movie and see how they tie it all together. So, do you think do you think Endgame beats Infinity War box office? Yes, I think it does as well. I think the the amount of hype and stuff like that has been built up from. Doing something like that like with killing off so many people, there's in even people that didn't see the movie, um, in theaters and stuff like that are going to want to go and see it in theaters to to get the uh, conclusion to that story as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, actually, tomorrow I gotta get my Captain Marvel tickets, but um... <laughs> I can't wait to see that as well, Young Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, you know, technically this is probably, you know, this is the Je Return of the Jedi for this generation. Yeah. And could it be the biggest movie of all time? Possibly. I mean, it's you gonna, know. It's going to be hard to beat, like, some of the ones that are at the top. Like, I think it's Avatar. Yeah, I can't believe Avatar is so high up. Uh, <laughs> it's because it was the first 3D movie. Like that's the only reason. The first good 3D movie. Let's. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, and which is why everybody should go see Alita: Battle Angel. Um, you know, same team. Uh, but uh, the. I, I, under, I understand where you're coming with Avatar, but I mean, this is something that you have to at least know about. I mean, almost everybody knows, has seen at least an Avengers, uh, a Marvel movie, and probably, um, you know, if they didn't see it in the theater, pro probably saw uh, Avengers either on pay per view or you know, streaming or uh, DVD by now that you got, you want to know how this thing ends. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so Avengers Infinity War made just over $2 billion at the box office worldwide. Um, it, that puts it at number four in the all-time worldwide gross. So it's behind Star Wars The Force Awakens, Titanic, and Avatar. 
and I think Endgame could comfortably get above Infinity War, Force Awakens, and Titanic because those movies didn't make that much more than uh, than Infinity War. Like Titanic's two point one billion, which is not a huge amount more. Um, but Avatar did two point seven, which is a lot more. Well, and the thing about those movies, Titanic came out. I want to say in uh, either around Christmas time or just after. Mm. Maybe it came out uh, in in, uh, late fall and had legs. It lasted. My wife. Yeah, yeah, it was in the theaters forever. My uh, wife, my wife and I saw it on Valentine's Day, I think. (laughs) That was what she wanted to do. Um, Avatar, same thing. It was in the. I I probably didn't see it uh, until about two months after it came out. Okay. Um. So, uh, you know that just that was another movie with legs, and you know, uh, like Guardians, you know, was a word of mouth movie, which is why I'm trying to get the word out about Alita: Battle Angel. If you if you if if you like the, uh, I'm not gonna say if you like the story in Avatar because the story in Avatar sucks. Um, it does, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but if you loved the world, you loved the effects. You need to go see Alita: Battle Angel. Um, let's let's get this. Uh, let's have this be a big success. I think I was making 31 million this week, this uh, the four day weekend. Um, my wife does fantasy was, movie. League. I think it was still still number one though. I my wife will be able to answer that for us. Yeah, I <laughs> think it was. <laughs> she she does fantasy movie league every week. Um, okay. The so um, the problem with Infinity War is it's coming out. Uh, during the movie shitstorm season, mm. which which is from uh, the beginning of May uh, through more or less Fourth of July. During that during that time, there is you know it's all the summer blockbusters. You know there there is probably, and you know I. I there, there's probably a quote-unquote big movie almost every week. There is no Star Wars to trip over this year because I don't think that's coming out. That's not coming out till December or next year or something. Um, the X-Men movie supposedly is horrible and will bomb. Um, I don't think there's a DC movie out after Avengers. I think Shazam comes out late March. Um, the new Men in Black will be out, I think, this summer, uh, which is uh, you've got... Ragnarok too. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you've got uh, Spider Man as well coming out in what, July. Yeah, but th- I mean that you they, they're they're spacing those movies out far enough that they're not tripping all over each other. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, last year you had Avengers and Solo within a uh, couple of weeks of each other. Black Panther was still in the theater when uh, Infinity War came out. That's right, yeah. Um, 
actually people that got shut out of uh Infinity War were going to see Black Panther apparently. Um <laughs> but you know, uh and you know, I I I've spotted a couple movies that look interesting, but uh the problem is you're coming out where there are big blockbusters almost every week from the end of April through uh the beginning of July. Yeah. And and I mean that's gonna affect the number of screens that it's able to be shown in. Yep. Um at any one time. So because obviously like opening weekend you'll have it in multiple screens in each theater. But then a week, two, three weeks later on you're gonna have other movies out. So you're only gonna have it in one screen, which is gonna limit your uh, number of people that can actually go to the movie. Yeah, and I think that kind of probably had an effect on the numbers last year. For Infinity War. But it made two billion. Yeah, it still made two billion. It's it's insane. (laughs) Um, So, but it's just something to think about. Guardians, you got to remember, Guardians, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, three of the quote-unquote lower-tier Marvel movies came out uh, outside of the blockbuster season. Guardians was August. Doctor Strange was October. Uh, what was the other? Uh, the first Ant-Man was August as well. Hmm. Guardians, you know, while it did okay opening weekend, really didn't uh, explode until about two weeks afterwards when word of mouth got out about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that's you know that's why it's like, uh, you know, I saw Alita: Battle Angel, and you know, like my wife, you know, and they did set it up for a sequel, and it's like, yeah, I have a feel, yeah. Like I said, my wife does this fancy movie league, so she knows all the analytics of uh, the movies and whatnot. Um, she goes, yeah, this one's probably going to be. Uh, listed as a flop so um so really you're just trying to drum up support for the movie to help your your uh (laughs) (laughs) fantasy movie league no it's yeah yeah that's it uh no they they change every week but uh the no i i I just thought it was a fantastic movie um and yeah and the thing is uh, it's going to be a movie that, you know, could, you know, like I said, it might make $31 million this weekend, but if the people that went and saw it tell everybody, man, you got to go see this, this is fucking mind-blowing, mm-hmm. um, you know, may, maybe uh, next weekend it makes $50 million, and then, you know, or you know, something like that. Uh, so, because I want a sequel. That's that's the real reason. Um but so, so, you know, and but I understand why you're releasing it at this time because uh, that is probably the peak movie viewing time, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but uh, if that's the case, then I don't know. I mean, you see, you see we, the reason Guardians. Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and even Ragnarok 
did so well, not only because they were great movies, but the fact that was there, there was no competition. Yeah. So, all right. Any other thoughts on the movie? Uh, no, I, I, I do want to say that this is my favorite Avengers movie out of the three Avengers movies so far. Um, but I think it, it just everything fitted in really, really well and it told a really good, cohesive story. And um, Although, yeah, okay, it was really depressing, that ending. Um, it set it up really well for the for the next movie and uh, I just preferred it overall to Age of Ultron and uh, Avengers 1 was a bit kind of throw, uh, thrown together to a certain extent the way they brought the team together and stuff like that and I, I didn't like the way that movie went overall but uh, this movie was almost absolutely spot on apart from that one scene in Vol mm-hmm. Vol, Vol Deer, Volmir whatever it was um, with, with the dwarf <laughs> which is just seemed so out of place because of the CG and it was awful or not even the CG the force perspective was terrible um, but yeah I really really liked it not my favourite of the Marvel movies right enough still Winter Soldier is still still my top one but Age of Old eh, no uh, Infinity War definitely right mm. up there mm. Um, we'll do Twitters next week this show is just going too damn long um yeah. Yeah, we'll deal with that next week. Uh, yeah. I, the only news item that, and I didn't see an article on it, but my wife saw something that uh, those those of you that are say, are suffering through these movie uh, episodes with us, wondering when we're going to get back to Shield. Well, we can't get back to Shield until Shield's back on. My mm-hmm. wife read something uh, over the weekend that Shield uh, may be back sooner than we thought. Oh, okay, because we, we thought summer, yeah? We were thinking July. Yeah. Now they're talking May. Oh, okay, cool, good. So... Well, it makes sense. May is in the show, so... Well, we'll yeah, see. the... It's got to be May. The summer season, and you might want to be trying to ride the coattails of Infinity War, or Endgame. Yeah, that's a, a good point, actually. So, mm. but, all right. We'll leave you guys with that. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Andy, when you're not snapping half of the wor- uh, the universe out of existence, where can people find you? You can find me every Tuesday on 42 Level 1 try to snap Alley out of existence. <laughs> Go, damn, damn you! Go! Why is this thing not working? Is it turned on? I need more power. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we uh, broadcast live. I need live the fucktard stone. <laughs> <laughs> so we broadcast live on allgames.com every Tuesday, four thirty Eastern, one thirty Pacific, nine thirty Greenwich Mean Time. We talk everything movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. Um, and we just announced today, actually, that we also started a new podcast chip. Oh. Which is uh, which is called the the Xbox Show UK, which is. Uh, a show that is all about Xbox. It's going to be a monthly show. And we uh, recorded the first episode of that today, so look out for that uh, coming to its own dedicated feed, um, separate from from 42, but very much made by by me and Ali. And we've managed to rope uh, Fraser, who used to be on 42, into uh, 
joining this in, endeavor with us. So our first episode is a special, all about pretty much all about Crackdown Three, where we discuss our thoughts on it there. So uh, look out for that coming, and you can follow that show at uh, the Xbox Show UK on Twitter. Awesome. I'll have to uh, definitely have to listen to that, and hopefully, if you're around Tuesday night, like I said, you can uh, join. Join us for B team and uh, the Crackdown Roundtable. Yeah, should be able to. So, all right. Uh, and speaking of the B team and the Crackdown Roundtable, you can catch me Tuesdays 9 p.m. Eastern on AllGames.com with Fred and Ryan uh, doing the B team podcast on AllGames.com 9 p.m. Eastern Tuesday nights. Uh, we talk video games, movies, TV, and. Uh, some tech from time to time. So, and I know we'll be talking Alita Battle Angel because F- I think Fred saw it as well. Um, and Crackdown. But uh, I want to th- thank everybody for listening. This show does air on allgames.com Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, thank you for downloading or streaming the show. We will see you guys hopefully next week. If so, we are doing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Which is a movie that I slept through probably 75% of, so it'll, <laughs> I'll be me seeing it for the first time. So, nice. So uh, we will see you guys next week, and let's see. I don't care if you're stuck in a spaceship with a stick and a rabbit. Whatever you do, don't! touch Lola. Night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>